Man, having double proficiency with tools is absolute madness. So, who would like to recap from last time? I would, I would like to eat. Very well. How about Javid? Sorry about that. Um, let me fix something first. Mm. About now? Yes. Okay. Uh, we start off in Torvir Deep, and we're at the Fortune Hunters Guild Hall, Qua Meat Hall. And... Um, uh, Javid has been offered uh, a job for the, the team to look into refugees going missing. Uh, we discuss uh, who's staying where. Uh, Javid's going to stay in the, the uh, hostile portion of the, the guild hall, uh, as I think Onyx and Snow are likewise minded. Uh, Azrael, I believe, has already gone on to her um, hovel. Is that how you want to want it characterized? She went off and did some other stuff. Yeah, you know, she did knows some, some people. Stuff. She met up, you know, her maybe did some hunting. You know, her, she's she just needed some alone time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, Briar and Demetari, I'm not sure what the decision was made for where you are staying. Um, as we are in the um, uh, month of the celebration of the All Father, we drank Dragon Ale Mead and uh, once again uh, poisoned ourselves, or at least some of us. Uh, Briar, of course, having the constitution of, of the uh, Beetlebug faith that she is, uh, rides it out in style. Uh, Several others of us are poisoned. Uh, oh, Azrael has not yet left us. She uh, goes and picks out the biggest, meanest-looking uh, orc in the place uh, to challenge him to a little one-on-one uh, -on -one in the fight pit. Poor guy says, why are they always picking on me? But, uh, you know, uh, gets, a, gets a little bit of... of uh, dueling practice in the the uh in the ring uh onox with a little help from demitari carves runes into the 
uh, officer's breastplate that he captured after having peeled off the gold filigree, uh, saving that for later use. Um, and um, let's see, Javid, Onyx, and Snow head out to the procurer's order uh, with the intent of, of uh, looking for magic items. Uh, and it's at that point that um, Azrael heads out uh, to do her uh, special alone time stuff, and um, Briar and Demetari stay at the Fortune Hunters Guild Hall. At the Procurer's Order, uh, we find it's got a uh, fancy facade with Kintsugi gold patchwork, and and find out that going in, it's a quiet little unassuming office with uh, knickknacks and display cases and books and bookshelves uh, and we speak with the gray uh, tiefling who's sitting at a, a table there apparently the proprietor whose name is entropy and uh, onox talks to him about wanting to decorate the minotaur skull with uh, flaming eyeballs um, and we talk about upgrading weapons and alchemy supplies, which they don't have, have to go to the Metamorphium. And, um, oh, Onyx makes a trade with some glass shards. Um, is able to get a little bit of the price knocked off the eyeballs to make them affordable. And uh, let's see, Javid gets an appraisal for the Band of Supplication, finds out that they these go for 10,000 gold, that the Procurer's Order will uh, purchase it from us uh, for 8,000. But uh, Javid uh, declines to take action, saying he probably needs to get some um, some other offers first. Um, Javid gets an upgrade to his bow um, and let's see Snow, I don't think I recorded what you were looking for was it the, the uh, cloak Snow got protection? the boots with the fur <laughs> got his, got his uh, sneaky sneak boots Um. Then what? We go to Morningstar Forge down on the fifth level, very industrial area. Stinks of, probably of um, tanning chemicals and urine and uh, what have you. Um, where we... Uh, let's see. Uh, armory stuff. Oh, yes. Um, Onyx asks the um, dwarves to get the runes that he has carved uh, filled in with the gold uh, and have the Minotaur's skull, which uh, now has eyeballs, um, mounted. Did they? I don't think I gave you the eyeballs. Did he give you the eyeballs? I think he told yeah, you. Yeah, he gave me the eyeball. Did he? Okay. Yeah, he gave me the, the yeah. two eyeballs with continual flame cast on them. Or, or did we get them, or, or we have to come back for them? I think they said maybe it was going to take a day. 
No, it took an hour. You guys ran around and ate uh, kebabs right. while you were waiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when I went to the mesothelioma and uh, got the <laughs> brewing supplies and stuff. No. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Mesopotamia. <laughs> no, it's, it's the mezzanine. Pretty sure it's mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm killing all of you. Finally, sweet release. Um, let's see. And uh, let's see. Lastly, the jawbone dagger. Uh, he pulls it out from underneath his kilt while everyone turns their eyes away in, in shame. Um, and asks to have a couple of the glass shards set in the jawbone as um, dagger blades. Briar uh, asked about getting the uh, hilt to Dawn repaired. Uh, Dawn no longer talking to anybody by now. Um, but they said that they needed fey steel. So we would have to find some fey steel somewhere, either in the fey wild or, I don't know, find some somewhere. Uh, Demetari, sweetheart that she is, uh, wants to take an amethyst and have it made into friendship necklaces and uh, gives a description of each of her uh, boon companions uh, so that they can customize the, the, uh, the necklaces. Don't forget the puppy. Oh, the puppy. I forgot about the puppy. Yes. Um, Briar, as we were wandering around, uh, runs into Pharaoh, uh, a philbog who has animals for sale, which, you know, not a good practice. Uh, you should rescue, not buy your pets. Who knows? Could be a rescue. But, uh, yes, she gets... Um, what? Uh, puppy. Puppy is a blink dog. Yep, puppy. And as uh, uh, soon as he gets a chance, uh, Javid is going to beast talk with um, uh, with Puppy and lay down the rules about being housebroken and stuff like that. And uh, you want to just stop uh, adventuring and just open a puppy training center? <laughs> well. You know, there you have it. Um, I hit that ground. We head, head down one more level to Arkelin's Ale House down in the, the um, uh, grimy, not quite the sewer level of, of uh, Torvir Deep, but almost. Um, find that the Ale House is this massive entertainment complex. Um, picture one of those uh, Dave and Busters that's got the go-karts and the uh, uh, virtual reality rigs and the... Uh, it's actually pretty much just like a coliseum, essentially. It's just a lot of yeah, that's, seating that's I mean. and then a fight pit. 
and and go karts running around the the floor of the Coliseum. No go karts. Nope. Just a fight pit and a lot of seating. Um. The um. There are catwalks above, leading to skyboxes, where the VIP seating is, and we observe some um, sketchy-looking people talking to um, a bunch of dwarves in one of the sky sky boxes. Um, those we miners we find out represent the miners' guild, who are on the outs in the Torvir Deep hierarchy. They got kicked off the council because they weren't paying their taxes. Uh, I suspect um, we need to look out for that. That's uh, uh, not a good thing to have when uh, the city is going to be under siege here in a little bit. All right. Thus endeth the recap. So, uh, I believe with that, um, pretty much all of you, with the exception of uh, Azriel, are in Arkelin's alehouse. No, I'm still with the dwarves at the Morningstar Forge. Okay. I'm staying there until the dagger is finished. So, um, you guys are just kind of drinking and hanging out in Arkelin's Ale House, I believe? Yeah. Talking politics and musing about the threat of dragons. All right. Well, as you were kind of talking politics, musing about the threat of dragons... There are a few fights that go on within the fight pit itself. There's uh, a, a couple of duels that are happening kind of independently of each other because the fight pit itself is is pretty sizable. Uh, you know, it, it might be like, I don't know, 80 feet across or something like that. It's, it's very large. Uh, however, as kind of the fights that you watch wrap up, you suddenly hear this kind of like booing on the other side of the fight pit and kind of leaping over the little guardrail onto the uh, sand. There's uh, five individuals, uh, the leader of which kind of standing out in front. It's this uh, Earth Genasi that is wearing this kind of peculiar stone armor. They have... Uh, these uh, 
like little like white and black concentric rings kind of all across the surface of their skin uh, behind them who are kind of like raising their arms kind of hyping the crowd definitely getting booed by everyone uh, you spot uh, it is a uh, very large kind of like female goliath and some like light leather armor huge great axe swung across her back Next to her, there's this roughly the same size, like, male Fearbolg, who's similarly just wearing some, like, light leather armor. Uh, a correction. The male Fearbolg is wielding the, uh, uh, the great axe. The Goliath has a great sword. Um, the... Behind them, there's a much smaller, you know, almost diminutive compared to the two of them. Another Earth Genasi, who uh, they are just wearing, again, kind of simple, like, studded leather armor. And then uh, a human female wizard kind of striding in behind them, just in plain robes. The lead uh, Earth Genasi, in a great booming voice. All right, all right, calm down, everybody. You love to see him fight. You hate to see him win. It's the Tidesgate Terrors. They're back, everybody. And there's another boo. You see some people, like, throw their cups into the arena. Uh, the Earth Genasi, like, bends down, picks it up, and just whips it at a dude into the audience, like, catches him in the head. All right, everybody. We're, uh, we're putting them in again. We're upping the stakes a little bit this time. We're taking anybody who wants to fight. Uh, what is it? And he kind of leans over, and the uh, the Goliath kind of bends down at him and whispers into his ears. All right, they're uh, they're doubling anybody's bet. So anybody who wants to get in, they'll uh, double it. Uh, all right. Well, we do have one group who said they would fight, and he kind of. Strides over to the other side, and you can see there's this, like, little group of dwarves who kind of jump in. There's four of them, you know, they've got little war hammers and, and shields and armor strapped together. And, uh, there's some great cheers from the audience. A bunch of the dwarves are like, yeah, get them! <coughs> uh, the, uh, leader kind of calls out, alright, everybody remembers the rules. There's, uh... No killing allowed, please. We'd rather not have that in the fight pit. Uh, Again. Yeah, you know, we don't need that kind of attention down here. And uh, that's it. Go nuts. Try not to kill anybody in the audience either. And the uh, Earth Dinasi, you see them like, uh, kind of like whistles. And there's this guy in the audience uh, who's wearing, you know, plain robes. He uh, starts casting a spell. And you watch as, like, the ground rumbles and, like, huge rocks kind of rise out of the ground, changing the landscape of the fight pit into this kind of, like, uh, you know, rocky, rough terrain. There's all kinds of obstacles and things. The sight lines are blocked off. Uh, the, uh... They just, like, immediately launch into this, this combat. The Earth Genasi just leaps over the side. The dwarves in, like, a little group just start, like, chuck chucking, you know, <laughs> around the rocks, like, pretty much straight up the center. 
the other team splits up pretty much immediately. And you even watch as the little, like, uh, the kind of roguish-looking one leaps up on a rock and then misty steps across the arena behind the dwarves. And it's just this, like, little melee watching them where the uh, the Fearbolg barbarian just, like, charges into the center of them, is, like, lifting dwarves into the air, tossing them. Uh, next to him, the battle master is, like, like kind of, like, dodging and fainting and parrying. This, like, great sword is being wielded to great efficiency. The dwarves don't stand a chance. They're gone in, like, a minute less. These guys are good. The, uh... <clears throat> knock them all unconscious. You watch, you know, a couple of, uh... Like, slices where the blade is, like, coming in on one of the dwarves. And then it turns in the air and just, like, flat of it just, like, <clears throat> knocks one of them unconscious. Uh... Barely any time at all. The audience is just, like, booing... The uh, four of them kind of climb up on one of the rocks in the center and are like, yeah, triumphant. We'll be here all week. We're not even allowed to leave. We're going to be beating your asses for as long as it takes. <laughs> and the four of them just like walk off to the edge. You can see the uh, Earth Genasi who runs the place just like tosses them a big bag of gold. And they pick through it and head off and get some more ale. Wow, that is fascinating. And like, Dimitari is, well, she paid attention to the fight, and basically what she's trying to do is compare um, the, the spells that they had versus her, and like, what are the statistics that she might win in a fight like that? Mm -hmm. um, stuff you would have seen the uh, other wi wizard cast. Um, would have been at one point the uh, other wizard touched the uh, uh, the battle master and like seemed to the Goliath skin like turned to stone almost. Um, you'd have watched her like cast a spell and one of the dwarves just freezes in place. That kind of stuff. She did have mage armor up nope. as well. No, uh, no AOE. Uh, no, they. You didn't see anything quite like. But, so it was um, buffing and debuffing. Uh, pretty much. So, uh, David looks around the group. Well. About this uh, point, um, Azrael, you probably would have shown up. You probably know to come here. Um, quick question: Does she have a cloak of protection on her, or is that no. something I need to buy you, later? Okay. I mean, you could have ordered it, but you don't have it by now. Okay. Can I have ordered it? Sure. So, so yeah, I'll walk in because this is like probably my neighborhood bar. Um. Let me make sure. Yes, your hovel is on the same level as this one. So this is, yeah, literally like right around the corner from you, probably. Yeah, so I'll walk in and, and look, because I figured they probably would have made their way around here at some point. It is the place to be if you're, you know, an unsavory underworld type.
All right. And uh, I guess you guys up at the bar or where are you guys at? I think we would have uh, gotten a uh, table where we could sit, talk, drink, look at the fight pit. Have, you know, sort of a eye lines on uh, sky boxes and, and entrance and, you know, uh, getting the tactical lay of the land, that sort of thing. All right. So I'll have got my normal drink, you know, spiced wine, um, and then just kind of walk over, pull up a chair and just sit down, not really say anything, just kind of like not say where I've been or whatever. Just sit down. Mm hmm. Now, uh, these uh, terrors, Tidesgate terrors, uh, are they a regular feature that we might have seen before, or are these... You've never seen these guys before. No. Would I have seen them? Nope. They, because you guys have been gone for a couple weeks, um, and they probably arrived sometime after you left. Have they been in the city, though, before? Is this their first time to the city? You've never seen them before? Okay. Not, not heard of them by reputation. This is... Not some kind of traveling circus act with uh, um, posters around town. Can make a history check, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I roll. Say again. I said I don't know if I rolled last time, but I am carving runes into the new long sword that I have too. Yeah, you guys have never heard of the Tidesgate Terrors. Um, you know, there's... I would say that you've probably heard that there is kind of, you know, like a... Gladiator combat type thing in... Uh, in Tidesgate. But, you know, you've never been there to watch it or participate. So you've never heard, heard of any groups by name. What do we think? We want to test our moxie against this um, shabby-looking lot. I mean, the, the uh, if nothing else, the, the uh, honor and reputation of Torvir Deep is is uh, you know resting on somebody's shoulders a little broader than those puny L uh, dwarves down there. Got their asses okay. handed to them. Uh, I'll finish my wine and just jump into the pit. There we go. <clears throat> uh, as you do so, there's uh, a couple guys on the other side that you could you saw were getting geared up for a little, you know, fisticuffs type brawl, and uh, you kind of hear some like muffled, you know, noise of, of people noticing. The uh, the leader kind of strides over towards you. Uh, not it, the uh, you said there was a Earth Genasi who was the MC. Yes, All the right. Earth Genasi MC kind of strides over. All right, uh, who are you looking to fight? Hey. Oh, all of them. Did you guys come into the pit That's... as well? Fuck! I am drunk. I am sore. But I guess this is what we're doing. <laughs> okay, but chose violence. 
Who's getting <laughs> Who's getting into the pit? I guess is my question. Because Onyx is not there. Um, well, I mean, you have to talk to the NPCs to find out. We should probably figure out if there's a maximum participant limit. Because how many right. were there? And there's, there's probably a um, uh, entrance fee or something. A um, little something to, to uh, show we're serious. So, quick question. Um, given that this is Azrael's, like, hometown bar, mm-hmm. she likes to fisty cub. Does she know how this works? Um, maybe you fought here before. Uh, it's pretty... I mean, this is, is like... Usually it's just, you know, you find somebody in who you're going to fight and you just walk up with them and talk to the... Um, so the Earth Genasi's name is Corius. Uh, so you and Onox at a minimum, I guess, would know who Corius is. Um, they've been the MC for ever. You know, they, they run this fight pit and almost the rest of the alehouse. Um, it is technically owned by a tiefling named Vigor, um, but he doesn't really show up much. Uh, What's the relationship between Vigor and Corius? Uh, Vigor owns the bar and Corius runs the fight pit and the fight pit is just, you know, 90% of the bar. Got it. Oh, is there a, like a, um, a cover charge? Come in, get to see the fights, but you got to put down like a two drink minimum sort of thing? Not really. Most people come in here and make bets anyway through the bar, so... Um, okay. The, the bar definitely comes out on top, you know. Uh, so, Corius kind of walks over to you and, who are you looking to fight? I just point to the the terrors. Yeah, we, we don't like terrorists. We're going to kick their butts right on out of here. You see that the uh, the terrorists have kind of moved away from where they ordered their stuff at the bar and um, the uh, the wizard and the uh, Goliath are watching you all and the Goliath kind of smirks and stands up and you see them mm-hmm. put away the great sword and like pull out like a shield uh, throw it on the back drop a long sword on the hip uh, Corius kind of looks up at them alright I was talking to them earlier they're going to change the rules a little bit for anyone who wants to fight them uh, it's going to be doubling still, but, you know, they're a little bit flexible on uh, how many people they want to fight. So how many are you bringing? Is it just you uh, three? Could be four, right? Oh, is Briar coming? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking up at the uh, the table and waving down the rest of the group that uh, whoever else hasn't come come down yet. However many of you want to fight, you're welcome to fight, I suppose. They're, uh, you know... Well, and I would definitely like to see some uh, change of fortune for them. They've been uh, quite rude. How did you meet oh, yeah. these guys? Are they locals? No, they're from Tidesgate. They just showed up one day and started, you know, whooping up on us. 
Oh, I bet they have uh, cost a lot of money since showing up here, huh? Well, they're bringing in that the house always wins. Yeah, we've been all right, uh, the house itself, but uh, people aren't too happy about it. Can Onyx, like, can the, the, the Smith place he was at close and he can come join us? I mean, it's like, what, six o'clock? Probably. It's probably yeah. late. Can they have, like, closed shop and he can wander over? All right. Um. Yeah, we want this way to get it on the fun. So... Onox, you've been there probably a couple hours at this point. The uh, dwarves have kind of been making do with your dagger, definitely making a few improvements to it. Uh, they've reset the, the blade and, and done some things with it. The uh, dwarves themselves kind of wrap up and... All right, uh, this is the uh, where we're stopping for the night. So if you want to uh, just take... What's uh, what, where we're at now, home, or you want to leave it here with us, but uh, we'll pick up in the morning, I think. Yeah, I'll come back in the morning, but uh, I'll take the dagger with me, but you can keep the armor. Or is the armor done? Because that was a simple, like, filling. Oh, that's uh, quite difficult to do. Um, we're still engraving it uh, a fair bit more. Okay, yeah. I'll just take the dagger with me. Okay, here you go. And he hands you this, like, half-completed little dagger. It's not sharp in any way. Yeah, I'm just going to bundle it up nice and tight and then stash it back where it goes. Alright, see you in the morning. Though. Take my dwarvish longsword that's now like engraved with random etched-in runes. See you at first lighting. I'll be there. The dwarves uh, kind of scurry you out of the shop and you see them like locking everything up and they head out. There's like four or five of them that just kind of shuffle off together. Alright. Um, headed for their own dive bar. Oh, they're definitely headed to Arkland's. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'd be heading. I know the party. That's what they said they were going. So you're, you're following along behind these dwarves, literally making all the ex exact same turns that they are to head down to Arkland's. And, you know, they kind of shuffle up the steps into the door and, and off towards the vault. I'm just going to look around see if I can see my friends. Uh, this would probably be about the point where the rest of the party is down in the fight pit. You see all your friends are standing there in the fight pit. I'm just going to kind of chuckle and lean on the banister and, like, look down and see what's happening. Because I have no idea what's happening. Can I see him and, like... Jester. Uh, you can make a perception. Yeah. Uh. You'd probably see him walk in, and he's kind of standing up there near like one of the top of the rings, looking down into the bar. Yeah, the, so uh, I I just point to to Onyx, and I like gesture for him to come down. Y'all head down. Yeah. All right. So all of you are getting in the fight. Yeah, I'm uh, taking in sight lines and and uh, you know sort of mapping it out in in my head. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'll uh, 
as, as we start to gather, huddle up, uh, talk about some uh, tactics, uh, what we've seen, learned about their tactics. Uh, uh, suggest, you know, let's... Uh, Do you want to actually uh, talk tactics? Because you have a minute before I'm ready for you to... Yes. That'd be smart. Let's do. Um, um, before then, I was just wondering, because I was watching that wizard's fighting style, is there any sort of um, like weakness or like preference I saw that they had? Um, I would say that it's probably pretty easy to tell that the wizard is holding back. They like weren't casting very aggressively. They only like occasionally fired off like an ice bolt at the little dwarves, and they were really pulling their punch. Did it look like um, the either the Earth Genazis, probably not the Goliath, but did it look like anyone had healing spells? gonna let the party know that uh, the wizard seems to be more powerful than what it's showing. Mm -hmm. And um, Snow, you probably uh, could do a, a little insight and in, check. Uh, see see what um, what your assessment is of uh, the uh, the melee fighters. They had. Uh, It was just it was three melee and, and, and the and the wizard. The um, the little Earth Denazi in their party you said was bouncing around roguishly. Yes. Most notably, uh, after the fight had started, a little bit, you know, giving the dwarves a couple of sef seconds to kind of shuffle off towards the center of the arena. They misty stepped to the other side and then ended up right behind the dwarf. So. All right. So we're we're looking at um, some um, sneaky behaviors, uh, backstabbing, and uh, I'm going to guess that that they didn't. Um, blow all their misty steps and other sneakiness uh, on the um, the opening round. And so let's let's see. Um, I know they said no killing and I can't do uh, non-lethal damage uh, Maiming definitely is okay in the ring. All right. Um, this is a question uh, for you, DM. Um, ranged attacks can't do non-lethal damage. That's correct. Um, so, would... Um, I guess generally, uh, um, do we think that they're going to 
drop stone cold dead like NPCs, or could they be healed? You know, I guess I guess maybe um, uh, Javid would have a, a chat with the um, the MC about uh, rules of engagement there. That uh, uh, you know if if um, if I can't run the risk of of uh, hitting somebody with um, you know, sharpshooter and a lot of damage that knocks them over. Uh, I mean, if you want knock, to say knock. that you would use a potion of healing on them, then that's okay, I suppose. Um, right, so if um, I said, you know, um, once one side or the other concedes if there are any if there's anybody unconscious on the floor we would uh, resurrect them render aid right because uh, uh, if if uh, if snow and I uh, can't do what we are best at uh, without running afoul of, of the uh, no killing rule uh, we're, we're sort of limited and I think actually uh, I would withdraw a challenge shoot them we'll bring them back to life is that acceptable to all, all parties and I, I put this Fine by me. the uh, MC what? The MC they... was not paying attention to you. Alright. What'd you say? Um, you can see from my gear that uh, Try not to shoot anybody weapon... in the audience. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about that. What and I'm saying like is if I shoot uh, somebody in the pit and they fall unconscious mm -hmm. Uh, how um, how do you feel about that? How do the terrors feel about that? I mean, if you you know if you like lightly kill somebody, that'll be okay, I guess. But you know, really try not to kill anybody. Yeah, I uh, feel like the rules are no killing, but really, we just mean don't intentionally kill anyone. Killings definitely happened. Um, no, it hasn't. And you see nope. the you see Corius kind of like, like with his boot, kind of like scrapes some sand over a, a suspiciously red spot <laughs> on the ground. That hasn't right. There's a clump of of uh, sand stuck together with brown material. You don't know where that came from. No, there's not. All right, uh, target mage. Let's let's target the mage. Got it. And the um, but who is gonna watch my puppy? Oh, I definitely um, will. And Corius is like, "Gimme." Is he like giddily ready for this? <laughs> yeah, you can see this. He like he actually has a smile on his face. He's like, "Oh, I want that. I want that." Okay. Don't bite, but don't go anywhere, okay, bud? 
Can I try to psych out the wizard with my, um, like, Alistar mind link? Like, I want to be all whispery and basically say, you don't need them. Why are you helping them? They're powerful. If you let them fall, they'll see the warrior. Hero. Um, make an intimidation. Please hold. I'm thinking at the start, I'm going to try to dip behind one of these rocks and disappear. So, because they're going to probably do something similar to what they did before to get behind us. How high is the ceiling in the Coliseum? It's pretty high. Like, What's pretty high? I don't know, 40 feet up. Okay. And how 50. high uh, are some of the rocks? What's like the highest rock that's popped up out of the floor uh they get up to like maybe eight to ten feet high um they they are obscuring your vision like straight but if you kind of go up a little bit you could probably see over them and is is there uh any of these that if i got up on it i could use as a perch with a little bit of something to duck behind Or the yeah, I mean, there's tops all... the tops are all pretty flat, which allows the audience to see the fight basically. But when you're in the pit, you can't see very well. So if you stand on top of a rock, people will be able to see you from the other side of the arena, probably. You know, it's all it's all kind of like you know, like cuts off at the height of the you know, the first seats, basically, so that the whole audience can see pretty much the entire arena. Mm -hmm. But, uh, not the, um... Tops of, of uh, the tallest rock would still be within... Uh, let's say range of uh, somebody with a long sword or a... Yeah, if someone stands at the top of a rock someone could attack you from the ground. A great axe. Definitely. Especially when, you know, the people you're fighting are like seven plus feet tall. Hmm. They, they would kind of have to do a little hop to, you know, see over the rocks and stuff. that could reach all the way across the top of one of those rocks with a swing of mighty swing of a great axe or a maybe great sword. You never know. All right. Mm. Demetari, the, uh, the other wizard from the party, you can see that she's kind of like, it's like giving you like a, a, a very concerned odd look as you're just like locking eyes with her. And she kind of like fumbles nervously with her spell book. Okay, I mean, I was trying to be discreet, but if that works, all right. I mean, 
No one else can hear it but her. Well, I mean, I, I guess in my head I was trying to make it seem like it's a random voice, but she didn't necessarily know it was from me. Okay. Uh... You know, like Voldemort talking to Harry. He doesn't really know, but... Let me make sure. I think... I think when you talk to someone with your Kalistar thing, they know it's you. But I will check. I, I guess it tell. doesn't. No, I guess it doesn't. It doesn't automatically know. Right, like it's just as long as I can see them. She looks nervous. She's kind of fumbling with her little spell book. Yeah, it's gonna be mine. Hey, Anox. Uh, what if uh, you did a little fun thing with your um, flame to uh, make him think that fireballs are are uh, possibly part of the equation? What do you mean? You know, Magically little, little grow fun. a firebolt? A little... Um, Playing with fire, like, oh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some um, uh, fireball magic. Just, a, you know, psychological warfare. Psycho. Okay, yeah, is there is there, like, candles or torches near me? Um, yeah, there's torches around. I'm going to kind of, like, extend my arms and kind of, like, stretch my chest. And as I take a deep breath, I want the torch to, like, get the flame to get doubly big and turn bright purple. All right. Make an intimidation check. The wizard, definitely. She is, she is very concerned about your party. You can tell that she's like, you know, like little bead of sweat is like going down her forehead. She's, she's like, you watch. She like pulls her little spell book out and she's like flipping through the pages and, and then you watch as she pulls a little stone out of her pocket and like fiddles with it for a second and then kind of puts it back in her pocket. Um, I'm then going to pull the longsword off my back, and you guys see, for the first time, my new longsword that has a lot of these, like, random runes carved into the side of it. I'm going to hold the handle in my right hand and then smack the blade against my left hand, and you'll notice that one of the runes kind of ignites and has, like, smoldering embers on the inside of it. Ooh. Yeah. So, DM, just so you're aware, I carved. I'm activating the fire rune that's in the inside of the blade. That's the only rune I technically have on me, though. All right, you've activated the fire. 
So. Yep. So the fire rune and the stone rune are the two that I'm going for, but the stone runes in my breastplate that I don't currently have. With that, Corius kind of, all right, well, uh, what's your wager then, I suppose, is the most important question. I'll kind of fish out my pouch and be like, well, I've got 40 gold. So in <laughs> the party inventory, we have, as a group, for the group party fund, 465 gold, 25 silver pieces, and 20 copper pieces. Now, some of that we probably want to use for, like, actual party things. So, I don't know, like 100 gold? Don't we have gems that are, um, you know, like, extra value to that? Uh, well, I mean, so what I did was I took the gems, right, the 1700 that we got, right, and then that should have been divided per person of 2,800 and so there was 200 of that went into the party fund so like the gems I'm just taking them at their face value when I'm valuing, valuing how much money we have so that's what's in the party fund of the stuff like we still have like obsidian arms and armor we haven't sold we still have jewelry we haven't sold um, you know we have I think most of the other stuff got sold last session but the the whatever you call it, the neck and ring thing. We didn't sell that. But that's what we have as of right now in the party fund. That's not, shouldn't be distributed to other people. But we probably want to use that for some party stuff. So if we just take like a hundred, right, we're taking away like, you know, 25% of it to, to bet. Alright, you said we're supposed to have 2800 because I thought um, last time that we hadn't actually distributed it yet. Well, I mean, Azriel's here. If you want it, she'll give it to you. Well, let's let's say that that um, we had a little time uh, going between um, Tor and Torvir Deep to uh, sit down. You guys have had a lot of travel time. If you wanted to like pass stuff up. Yeah. So yeah, everyone yeah, should we, have gotten twenty eight hundred from the um, job we did with Casimir. Everyone should have got 166 from the selling of the boat. Um, and then there was also 900 gold worth of jewels and jewelry we sold that we were that we split. I believe we previously split already. That was 150. So you know, you should roughly have around 3,000 gold. Unless you already spent some of oh, that. Gold worth of... Yeah, gold worth. Gems. Yeah. yeah. 
Gyms hold their value pretty well, so, you know, what they're worth is what you'll pretty much be able to trade them for. Alright, yeah, 100 sounds like a, a decent wager. Alright. Uh, we take 10% off the top of that, so your wager's gonna be 90. And uh, hand it over. I hand over the gold. I'll throw in an extra 100 from my personal gold. Alright. Then your wager's 180. So if you win, you get 360. All right, everyone. We've got a new group of challengers. Gorius kind of heads out into the center of the ring. Wait, what are we going to be introduced as? We need a, a group name. Yeah, Quick. what's what's your name? Anything? <laughs> the Boppers. All right, the Boppers. Welcome to the Boppers. Uh, two of these faces you will probably recognize. We have Azriel and Onux of Toravir Deep representing our good city against the Tidesgate Terrors. And you watch, you know, the crowd goes wild. The Tidesgate Terrors kind of leap into the uh, ring. And uh, on the other side, and you watch, they kind of like the... Uh, the Fearbolg and the uh, Goliath can lock eyes with your party, and then they disappear into the rocks on the other side. Alright, everyone, place your bets now. We're calling the odds mm. in the Tidesgate Terror's favor. Uh, so they, they've hidden, and Snow's hidden. They have gone. I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide as well. Well, I mean, they... Sure. If you would like to hide, go ahead and roll for it. You are completely not visible to the other group, so. Uh-huh. Snow. Gross. <laughs> A 30. Disgusting. Your so, so your shoes actually aren't going to give you advantage on this. Just so you're aware, you did roll a thirty because that was your your first roll. The shoes only give you advantage against being heard, not being seen. Uh, and then I think the cloak gives you advantage if you are standing still against being seen. That's the distinction of the two of them. Um. But you roll a 30, which is disgusting, so there you go. <laughs> Javid's with a 28. And that's without any magical advantage. Yeah, well, you're, you know, you only have a plus 10. He's got a plus 11. He's just way better at it than you. Way, way better. All right. Corius kind of moves over to the side of the pit. And, uh, all right, let's make it happen. And with that, can I get you guys to roll for initiative?
I think my favorite thing about the dice in D&D Beyond is you, like, watch it come up as a 20 and then just slowly tip over to a shit number. <laughs> as in life. All right. We've got Javid, Briar, Azriel, and Onyx. So I'm missing Snow and Demitar. Demitar's role's in there. Well, she didn't click on her token. So that's the game paused for me. What? You can still click on your token. Demetaria, it looks like you were injured. What have you done to yourself? You know, I I honestly don't remember. Did you not take a long rest? Yeah, when did you take a long rest? Because I wasn't here for the beginning of last... Well, we took a long rest I right before we came into the city. I couldn't click long rest for her character, so no, she hasn't taken a long rest yet. Okay, you well, you definitely rest. want one. Yeah, the DM said we're all going to die. I am definitely going to dump on Um, So you say I can click on my token. Um, I don't have a token. Like, the only thing I can really click on is my little picture, which is to the side where we show our roles, not the board. You might want to zoom out. Yeah, I've zoomed out. It's still pause. And it just shows me the, like, critical role picture. Hmm. I'm just refreshing. Refresh. Alright. I'm at the splash screen again mm. now. Like, I, yeah, I did see... You guys. All right. Combat to begin. Okay, I'm I'm on. Do I need to roll again? Javid, it is your turn. No, you it's in there. Um 
Alright, I'm refreshing because I got stuck on the splash screen for some reason. Waiting for RollingSeasForgeVT.com. Emily, are you on the splash screen? Yes. Let me reload. Alright, but Javid, it is your turn. Alright. Um, can I get... Uh, line of sight on the wizard. Uh, you just went to the back of the arena. Right. I had hid earlier, and now... Yeah, you could probably see the wizard from there. Okay. Then, uh, I... Cast Hunter's Mark. What's the range on that? Okay. Uh, 90 feet. And if you move like a little bit forward, you could probably get the wizard. Yeah, you're fine. Like five feet. All right. And um, then, uh, can you see the token that I've marked? One of the tokens is the wizard. I can't see uh, any tokens. It's all. I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to. I move see four, thing. four tokens. Um, I can't tell that one's marked. Um. Is it the one with the gnomish face? Is it the one with the... It is one of the female? ones that doesn't have a, a face. A silhouette? Yeah, it's just one and of this the... one? It's the blue one. That's the blue wizard. one. So, for the record, the knife is the rogue. Uh, the squishy-faced individual is the Firbolg Barbarian. Uh, the other unfaced one is the Goliath Battlemaster. Okay. Well, then um, I'm going to now use um, Sharpshooter, and let's see, I was playing around with this 
last time somewhere and actually saw that there was a way to roll sharpshooter. There is. If you click your little D&D uh, beyond the red dice in the top right on Google Chrome, it will allow you to select sharpshooter. It is the same with Emily's Rage. It is very... All right. I do what? Apply the feet sharpshooter. To turn your rage on and off. Already. And I fire an arrow at said individual. You can certainly try. All right. Um, I'm hoping that a 21 hits. I think the the roll value would have been incorrect because how does your sharpshooter work? It subtracts it subtracts from your d20, right? Oh, you correct. do have a oh, it subtracts five and you have a plus ten to hit. Okay, correct. Got it. I understand how that math was done. That does the arrow pierces directly through her mage arm. And uh, since that hit, I will also use Favored Foe for an additional four of damage. Uh, and then also um, do, do, do Dread Ambusher, because I'm just going to hammer on this. Where is... All right. Um, for another five. Got it. That was the first shot. Okay. So I'm going to fire a second time. Also with sharp shooter. She raises her hand, and there's a shield in front of her, and your arrow just explodes into shards and is deflected away from her. You can tell she's pretty hurt. All right. Well, I'm not going to use sharpshooter this time, but I will fire uh, for my second action. Or uh, second attack on the action. Okay. That one does hit. And uh, let's see that. Did not add favored foe. Uh, or hunter's mark. Favored foe only happens once. Oh, thank you. Skip the favored foe just yeah. once. All right. She looks pretty injured, and the rest of her party, uh, of those of which you can see, don't look 
enthused by your hunting down their uh their You only did one of your hunter's marks and you hit her twice. Thank you. So, second hunter's mark. Alright. She looks pretty injured. Very, very injured. You're, you're, you know, two bolts that managed to catch her. She doesn't look like the sturdiest member of their party. And with that, I will step back behind a rock for cover. Yeep. Right. Absolute howitzer on the first round. Yep. All right. That's it. That's all I got. No more howitzering. Hit hard, but she's pretty good at holding her concentration. Are you actually hidden behind a rock, Javid? Because you're you're still standing where you were on my screen. Uh, I cannot no longer move myself. Okay, I'm gonna put. Oh, you right there it goes. Yes, that's what I'm in, meant to do. Demetari, it's your turn. Alright, I'm gonna play the fun little game of trying to find the wizard. Find the wizard, um, find the wizard. I also can't move my token. Find the wizard. The game is unpaused and it, it is your turn. Yeah, I still can't move my token. Are you Reagan in the thing? I don't know. Um, I'm sure. Let me double check, I guess. 
Um, I'm just gonna go back to the join screen and go from there. Okay. Okay, we're good now. I guess I'm just traversing around. Do I know her general direc direction? Um, off to the right. Somewhere. Oh, the green one, right? Uh... Nope. Right in front of you is the Goliath, with longsword and shield ready to strike. On the other side is the uh, uh, Fearbolg, and kind of behind him would be the Huizard. Okay, so basically what you're saying is, it's like, what color is wizard? So I see green and blue. The wizard is the blue. Okay, great. Um, alright, so this is what's going to happen. I am going to send Wanda to the wizard um, and have her bestow curse um, when she has to make a wisdom saving throw on her turn. And if she fails, she can't do anything. Okay. Got it. I think that maxes out my All right, Wanda, your little undead uh, owl creature, flies across the arena, and uh, what is this? A uh, wisdom save, 16. She does not seem affected. By the spell, or...? By the spell. Well, that's it for me. Alright. Let me make sure I... Uh, is Wanda still over there by the two of them? Um, I mean, technically, I didn't recall her back, so. Oh, okay. 
I mean, you could. Did you, you ever do a flyby out of range? Yeah, I mean, she can come right back. I think she's got the movement for it. Right. All right, if you want to have her fly back. Stop talking like that. That's a little <laughs> foreboding. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything different. I want her to say safe. So, yeah, she's flying back. All right, so your options would be to leave her within five feet of the wizard and the uh, Fearbolg Barbarian, or have her fly away and provoke an opportunity attack. Oh, oh right, 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 yeah. Um, she's gonna Sorry. stay right there. She's gonna, like, keep, on, keep eyes on her for me. I forgot that opportunity attack was familiar. Okay. She, she's an L, right? Didn't L's have flyby. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Those... They didn't provoke it. Opportunity attacks. She's a... Yeah, she doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies out of an enemy's reach. But I mean, technically, she was within reach, right? Or, no, no. When it flies, it's out of it. That's the whole point of flyby, is they're able to come within reach and then fly out without provoking an opportunity attack. Yeah. Alright. Well, there you go. She could actually fly all the way back to you, because from where you are now, it would be 60 feet of movement. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm afraid that I might not have done... Well, I mean, I'm within 30 feet of my original spot, if you're allowed to count that when I first moved. But I kind of zigzagged first, so don't know how picky you're going to be. He wants to kill us all, so you know how that's going to be. Yes. Alright. I'll say that she was able to fly back. Uh, Briar, it's your turn. Alright. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna crack my neck. Go. And start running towards the middle. Do it now. Do it. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so, we're gonna run. Yeah. Yes. Can someone help me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I got a baby in one arm and a toddler in the other. That's 30 feet right there. Um, I can go 40 now. That's 35. That puts you between the Goliath and the uh, and your wizard. Okay. The Goliath cool. and the Demitari. Yes. I'm going to smack that wizard. Or that it, Goliath. You uh, should rage. Like when she was running over, did she like come into a rage? You can certainly try. <laughs> I didn't yet. Sure. Let's do it. Ugh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Alright. Let's do my thing. Stop. Yeah. Let's, Let's get Puppy in here. Puppy is yeah. definitely not in here. Let's do Puppy's my thing. Puppy's too little. Come on. You can make him lick the dude's face. <laughs> right. Who, who wants to definitely counts to help action. Those hit. You note that the Goliath is moving quite quickly. Not quick enough to avoid your strikes, though. Are you attacking with two hands? Yes. Right. Nice. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yep. 
the other barbarian in the arena is going to rage and charge in toward. Wait, what was your rage thing, Briar? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's there. It's included. Oh, she didn't roll for it. That's yeah, right. like the, the actual effect. That's true. Explodey jellyfish. <laughs> Do we call them jelly bellies? Holy shit, you can throw your axe. Well, your axe deals force damage now, and you can yeet it. Dope. I gotta read that one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Fuck your resistances to damage now, DM. That is true. <laughs> They're fucked. She said bludgeoning, piercing, and, and slashing. I think not. Alright, the goal, or correction, the fear bulg is going to charge in towards the melee that has four. One of the attacks is towards Demetari, and the other one is going to cleave back towards Briar. Uh, the one that hits Demetari is going to deal 9 slashing damage. And that is the end of their turn. That makes it Azrael's turn. Alright, um, I'm gonna move. I also can't move my token. There we go. I'm gonna move around there. Is the blue the wizard? I am going to cast uh, Told the Dead on the wizard. The wizard seems unfazed. Damn. Okay. Um... So I see the rogue, I see the goliath. Do I not, or no, I don't see the rogue. The rogue is the one I don't see, right? Because the knife is the rogue? Okay. Yes. Okay, well, I think I'm done because I can't move anymore. So I'm just going to stay there. Okay. Loser. Moves off behind one of the rocks.
Misty Step appears behind Dimitari and is going to attack. Short sword driving in towards you. That hits for eight piercing. You bitch. I know that spell. You said eight piercing damage? Yep. A second strike connects for an additional seven piercing damage, and then a third strike connects for five. Maybe you should re-roll some things. Oh, correction, no, that third one would not have hit. Sorry. So it would have just been the... What is that, 15? Yes. Alright, and... They are going to... They're going to move around... Like that. Yeah. No, it's your Oh, uh, and also the correction as a the end of the, its action, the rogue is going to shout uh, to the Goliath, flank them. Snow, it's your turn. Can't hear you if you're trying to talk. Yeah, he just sent a message saying his mic's not working. He's back. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yep. Alright, I'm just gonna have to use a different mic, unfortunately. How's the sound? Good, it's okay. Alright, so I would have been behind this boulder. There we go. At the start. And I'm gonna move. Are you hiding while you're moving? You could try to hide. I mean, yeah. So, would this be a normal or would this be advantage? Because I'm moving. You. With the boot. The the boots aren't really going to help you right now. You know, you're kind of like I... running around in sand so, on a stone normal. floor. Got it. 
Okay. Alright. Uh, what are you? would you like to do? I can see that guy. So, I would say that you would, like, see them poke their head out from behind, like, the corner of the rock, but you wouldn't be able to shoot at them. That's fine. So I want to bonus action insightful fighting that one. Let's just tuck his head out. Okay. The wizard pokes her little head out from behind one of the rocks over there. And that is a uh, charisma Did check you? on their part, right? Uh, Alright, well, you have insightful fighting, Tur. Uh, well, wouldn't... Okay, so this one over here is wizard. Yes. Okay. Got it. The only person that you can sort of see right now from where you are. Right. Got it. And... Uh, all right. That's the end of your turn. Then Onox, it's your. I'm gonna take off running to help Demitari out, seeing as how there's a bunch of stuff going on over there. And as I take off running, I start growing in size until I become a large creature. And that would be my bonus action to use Giant's Might, and then I'm going to attack the rogue. You can certainly try. <laughs> that does it. Yike. I would hope. So it's one-handed, and I get d6 because of Giant's Might, so 15 total. Alright. Your longsword, like, cuts down and, like, grazes the rogue. They kind of dodge out of Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pump the fire rune into that one. So they need to make a strength saving throw. Okay. I also just realized I did that incorrectly. The rogue would not have been able to shout to the Goliath to flank. Because they'd already used their bonus action. I thought talking was free actions. They were doing a thing. It was not a... It was, okay. a, it was a specific tactical oh, thing that they could that do. Oh, is that the Battlemaster thing? No, it is not a Battlemaster thing, but it is a thing that the rogue can do. Inquisitive rogue. Can you hear me now? Yeah, sweet, it works now. Oh, it yeah. takes an extra 8 fire damage and needs to make a strength saving throw. They succeed on the strength. Okay, he just takes the extra 8 fire damage then. Okay. Uh, you guys notice that the fire rune flares up for a second, and then these shackles try to, like, begin to appear on his hands before he breaks out of them? Alright. It's a them. They're non-binary. Excuse you. <laughs> them? Did I did I say him? You did, but it's okay. Javid, it's your... Alright. Well, uh... 
I want to move. Let's see. They're an Earth Genasi. Rocks don't have a gender. Thank you very much. If they want to have a gender, though, they're allowed to have a gender. That's true. How do they have babies? Like dwarves, they just sort of appear in the ground. So, like volcanoes, sorts of things? Like, you know. Plates pushing against each other, and then up comes the baby. Down here, Earth Genasi form when a uh, particularly frustrated dwarf gets lost down in the mines, and you know hasn't seen any other dwarves for a while. Oh, so he hallucinates them into existence. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can call it that. Uh. Well, hell. Um, found yourself into a weird little spot over there, didn't you? I did. I didn't expect to be quite so many rocks. I cannot see a single thing. There are a lot of rocks in here. So, uh, I'm going to reverse course and the flipping frack. Can't see anything, can you? Let's see. I was impressed that you had a sight line right off the bat. You know, I was a little surprised by that one. Um. I mean, you can always get on one of the rocks and then drop back down. Yeah. Yeah, can I do that? Can I say, when I got over here, say, I don't see a flipping thing and climb up on a rock. I still can't see a thing. Wow. That's impressive. You're doing well. You're, you know, you can see stuff somewhere. There's probably people in the arena. You're not really sure though. Um My chosen quarry is too well hidden. Yep, that's the um, idea. Shame on it. Um, While you're freaking that one out, I'll be, able to, I'll be right back. Alrighty. So, let's say I run my full movement, get up to where I can at least see somebody and something. Is it okay, damage? And. Does anybody know? Uh, you took four point. points of damage. Four points. Chris called and they're going underway today, and I was like, "Shit, okay." Um, let's see. Today? Yeah. Oh wow. It's not going to change stuff for us too much because they just, you know, calls. So. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Um, All right, Javid, you go where you wanted. So, uh, yeah, I'm up on a rock and I can see some um, foes. Yeah, sort of. So, I'm going to... If you want to climb the rock, it will require either a climbing speed or an athletics check. Well, my climbing speed equals my speed. Does it? Yes, it does. From what? From Gloomstalker. I'm a Gloomstalker. That doesn't sound right. And yeah, it does. Uh, I get where to go. A sixth level. Natural Explorer, Roving Feet. Your walking speed increases by five and you gain a climbing speed and a swimming speed equal to your walking speed. Boom, baby. Okay. Noted. So climbing. I'm in that rock. All right, you're up on a rock. I'm what are you trying to do? Uh, I can't see my f chosen foe, although since I've got Hunter's Mark, I ought to be able to at least get an idea of where... You know they're over there. What's that? You over know there. they're over there. Got it. Copy that. All right. But not being able to see at all over there, I'm going to fire at one of those other ones that I can see. You certainly try. And uh, since there's a Reagan rogue loves that. And, um, right next to Onox that I can see, I'm going to shoot at that little guy. Okay. Again, using sharpshooter. Go for it. That does actually hit. Just barely. Mm. You're kind of shooting over the rock and like uh, towards them, but it hit. All right. So he takes 21 damage. And I will use my second attack to do the same thing. That one also hit. For 22 damage. Oh, no. Uh, correction. Neither of those would have hit, actually. I was incorrect. What? I was used looking at the wrong ace. What? Yeah. You are firing over... AC? You're firing over cover right now. I've got sharpshooter. Ignore cover. Oh, good. All right. Yep. They do hit. Okay. Got it. 
All right. Uh, and that is uh, that is my turn. All right. The Goliath, it is their turn, is going to kind of like do like this battle roll over the Fearbolg, pushing them out of the way, swapping places with them. And then, you're going to shove the shield right into Demitari. And uh, Demitari, I need you to make a strength saving. Oh, I'm real good at that. Alright. <laughs> You're knocked prone. You take eight bludgeoning. The longsword whips down towards you while you're on the ground. That's kind of cowardly, right? Am I the only yeah. one? No, you're right. You guys have been targeting the other wizards, so it's only fair. Since he did a little flippy around me, can I uh, do an attack of opportunity? You cannot. They used a battle master feature. Right. Ooh, is it my turn yet, though? It sure is not. I'm yeah. making oh. some more attacks. Take someone new. <laughs> nope. Additionally, the two strikes, the first one is going to connect for uh, correction. So the first attack is going to be for 14 piercing damage. Actually, it would be Don't slashing. bother, I'm down. Okay. I'm down now. Azrael, if I die in this fucking wrestling ring, I'm going to be pissed. The Goliath is then going to move around, flanking with Briar. I'm going to make another attack against her. This one connects for 24 damage. They are then going to make another attack. 24 on me? Uh, correction. That would have just been 12. So it would have been 6. Uh, they are going to make another attack, however... For 13 more piercing damage against you. So it would be two sixes against you. And then the attack. They attack a lot. Yeah, that's smart. Can you do this? Smash them. Um, Dimitari, yeah. you are not making death saving throws. However, you are unconscious. They knocked you unconscious with the flat of the blade. Oh, this is a she. Briar, it's your turn. You're being flanked. Alright. But also, you have flanking. Yeah. Sort of. What, uh, can I fly 
fly straight up without a provoking attacks. Are you flying straight up out of their reach, or are you just like yep. trying to? F if you fly straight up, you will still provoke opportunity attacks. Um, I'm gonna smash this guy that's like doing all this damage. You also would note that the Goliath Gladiator is very, seems to be very aware of like where to plant her shield after she swapped places with the other, uh, with the Fear Bowl. Uh, they like the same person? No, she just is really good at, you know, arena brawls, so. Jesus. Alright, well, I'm gonna whack him. Okay. That does not hit. She just, does like... She have a, does she have advantage because she's fighting uh, with me? Yeah, she rolled a 16 and a 19. So, if you have another attack, go ahead and roll another attack with advantage. Wait, I have another attack? Uh, you should have two, yep. Yeah. You're level 6. Yeah, I thought I rolled it twice. You have, you have advantage. So the first attack was a 16 and a 19, so you have another one if you roll two more times. A 26 just barely hits. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's not great, but okay. And did you say I have another attack or no? Uh, this would be the last one. Um, if you want to roll again, because you only rolled a 26, just to see if you crit. Okay, that would have missed. All right, a 26. Go ahead and roll your damage. Goodness, man. Actually, you know what? I'm going to use my reaction. She's going to parry. It doesn't hit. Wow. Rude. <laughs> okay. Right? That's Rude. all I get. Okay. She's got a very high AC right now. Right now? Yes. Okay. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yeah, it's the end of my turn. Alright, the Barbarian is going to similarly flank and attack twice. Those are some rolls. Whack, whack. Just like bearing down on this little fairy right in front of him. He's just trying to smash you. Uh, one of them does miss. However, the other one connects for 18 slashing damage. So that would be 9 for you. Because it's not met. Uh... Asriel, it is your turn. Okay, so I'm going to go with, I probably heard something go down over there. I'm hearing, sounds like, some. I heard something about Asriel, I'll kill you if I die or something like that. So um, I'm going to run over here. Where's Demetari? Do I not see Demetari? Uh, Demetari is currently underneath the, the Goliath. Oh. The Goliath is standing over her, like... Dancing between Briar and the huge, or actually, correction, large Onox. Wait, he's standing over me? Yes, Yay. she is standing on top of you. 
What is she wearing? Uh, it is. I think it said it's like it's like splinted leather. Okay, but pants. She is wearing pants. Yes. Right. I linked an image of sort of what she looks like in the chat. Which chat? On the Discord. Uh, I don't see it. Well, I linked the Google Drive because it wouldn't let me just link the... Oh, okay. Ah. Alright. Azrael, it's your turn. Okay. So anyway, so I run over... I see uh, Devatari, like, literally under the feet of this uh, Goliath. So I'm going to cast Revetivai to get her off the ground. So she gets five points of healing. Um, then, so that's my bonus action. Then, am I flanking with Onyx for this roguish dude? Yeah. All right. Uh, then I am going to stab him in the back. Okay. I mean, I am taking up, like, half this damn arena right now. That does So, she'll take 12 damage, um, and then I use my bonus action. I think, yeah, I'm gonna stay where I am, so that's the end of my turn. Okay. The rogue looks pretty in... The wizard is going to step from behind cover. And is going to attack. On. The big one. Is going to hurl this like. Uh, you can see she like gonna like twist some words and this little, like sphere of energy and then just tosses it towards you. Uh, and it is gonna be man fire fire damage.
And she misses. And she's going to go behind cover. Well, what'd she roll? Uh, it was a 12. Yeah, that hits. Does it? Okay. I don't have my armor. Well, alright. But I will cast shield as a reaction. So Got it, it would still miss, but it burns one of my spell slots. Got it. Alright. With that, the rogue is going to... The rogue's going to attack Onox three times. Your AC is 17 right now? Yeah, 17 right now. Okay. The first one missed. The second one does hit for 9 piercing damage. And you can tell after she like finds a way to cut in at you, she does it even better the second time. Or they, I'm sorry. And the second she one... She does look cool, by the way. What? She does look cool, the Goliath. The Goliath is cool. Alright, so that would be two hits for a total of 17 piercing damage. And the rogue is going to... Disappear. Misty step. Away. Snow, it's your Uh, can't hear you if you're trying to talk. Sorry. Uh, forgot to turn push to talk on. Alright. I'm gonna sprint up here. Can I see the mage from over there? Or not quite. Um, kind of. From where you are right now a little bit. Like, they'd be behind cover for you, but yes, you can see them. Got it. Alright. Oh, I'm just gonna hide. Or... You can see, as well, the rogue is behind a rock on this side. Uh, and they appear to be reaching into their pouch to produce a potion. Oh, yeah, no, fuck that. All right, I'm going to shoot the robe. I'll step out okay. if I need to. Sure. That hits. All right. And I get one extra attack, attack die. So I have an extra D6. The piercer. The... Bolt catches the rogue right in the chest, and she just, or they just dropped it. 
Yeah, I maintain my stealth roll. Alright. But I am going to take one step back. Got it. Honestly. Alright. I'm going to summon the Shadow Blade in my offhand. And then I'm going to slash at the Goliath between me and Briar. That just barely hits. They still look like they're going strong, though. Then I'm going to action surge and do it again. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> yep, that one uh, does not connect. Uh, yeah, that's my turn. To beat it's your turn. Uh, I can't hear you, Javita, if you're talking. Sorry. <clears throat> yes. Um, moving around, looking for the um, the wizard. Spots her. It's a her. I don't know. Yep. I don't know genders. Uh, fires. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, 22 hits. That does hit, yep. All right. So that and Hunter's Mark and Favored Foe. And uh, Wild looks like. The wizard dies, and the crowd goes wild. Alright, I will uh, take another little movement. Step out. I spot uh, 
the Fearbolg, and uh, let's see, with my bonus action, transfer Hunter's Mark to the Fearbolg. And... I don't think you can see the uh, Fearbolg from where you are currently. Uh, this one? Yes. Is that the Fearbolg? Yes, I can see it. Yes. Um, and um, adding Hunter's Mark. Then, um, that's my turn. Alright, your, your arrow, like, kind of sticks into the Fearbolg's shoulder, and he just kind of turns and barely notices. He's just gonna, like, flick the arrow out of his shoulder. Okay. Got it. You killed the weak ones. That's it. All right, I got more in my arsenal. I'm having to use a different token because Foundry will not let me import stat blocks that are from, uh, like, stories. So... It's not letting me use the stat block for this character, so I just put a thug token down. And the thug has far fewer hit points than the barbarian is supposed to, and it won't let me track it mm. in the the thing. I'm not sure how to get it to let me make the Fearbolg have the correct amount of hit So I'm tracking it on paper. Alright. You note, the rest of you, that the Goliath seems to, like, kind of seems to, like, pause for a second and like take a breather and then she just like <sighs> shrugs it off and then is going to She, like, kind of twists and, like, plants the spear and is, like, twirling it, keeping the rest of you at bay, and she is going to move out of your reach. So you guys can make opportunity attacks against her. However, her AC is going to be a lot higher. How oh, okay. She's still within Azrael's reach? Yeah, so, like, Briar and Onox would be able to make opportunity attacks, but that's it. Do I have advantage because of flaking or just normal rules? Uh, it would just be... Um, you would have advantage. Briar would not. So, going for it. That misses. Both attacks miss. At a 21? Whatever. Yes. They have very high IC, AC rate. 
Apparently they do. Uh, and then... They're going to shield bash Azrael. So I need you to make a strength saving throw. You take 11 bludgeoning damage and are knocked prone. Two more strikes with a long sword are going to come down at you. For a total of 23 damage. You can feel in the back of your skull this, like, voice just, like, driving you towards the Goliath. And this, like, pressure and, like, desire begins to take over. Now, is this something different than my symbiotic being? Like, is it a different feeling from that? This is the same feeling that you, some, you occasionally get from your symbiotic being. But this time it is a very pretty... It is a very strong pull. Okay. Demetari, it's your turn. You're prone on the ground. Near death. Can I cast spells prone? Yes. Okay. Um, I choose to cast Wither in Bloom um, on the floor. Right there. Um, so that should What's hit the radius? 10 feet. What shape is it? A circle. Yeah, it's like a sphere. Um, and they have to take, make a con save, or they take 2d6 necronic damage, or half damage. Um, and I'm picking myself... Um, to recover my spell slot, uh, not my spell slot, sorry, my hit die from my short rest. So. Alright, so the concept. Uh, yep. Wow, so much damage. The Goliath is seems to be affected by it. You watch as they kind of shudder in pain very briefly. The Fear Bulk, however, doesn't even notice. Okay. Um, then uh, I'm going to finish my turn and like, worry about the short rest. Oh, the, the Fear Bulk would have taken one point of damage. So it is, it is halved on a success. Right. 
Okay. Um, then I'm going to... I'm going to Misty Step there. And I still have movement to stand up, which I will do. And then I'm done. All right. Briar, it's your turn. Dang, I was going to smack her and give her an extra spell slot. That's cool. Okay. Um, if I fly now, will I draw an opportunity attack from this guy? Yes. Okay. Well, then I'm going to uh, throw my axe at this guy, since I can do throw him now. Try my damnedest. Uh, let me read that again. There we go. Okay. Um, your weapons. Hold with your hand. I read your hand. Okay. Cool. So I can just throw it, and it is exactly the same. Now can you clean my nails? Nope, not yet, baby. I did wash my hands. So, if I throw my axe at him, is it exactly the same rolls and everything? Yep, I'm pretty sure it just gives your weapon a ranged ability. I get it. Okay. Doesn't hit. It does Please not. Oh and just <laughs> the shield deflects it, and it. Uh, what is the? Let me check. I think you can. I think you can pull it back into your grip, but I into your grip, but I gotta I check. Think it's at the end of the thing. I seem to recall from the description, yeah, that it. Um, then I'm gonna throw a javelin at him now. Stop. You stop. Stop. Okay. Go ahead and throw a javelin. That. They're gonna parry. Knocking it out of the way. Why are you like this? <laughs> it's fun. Okay, thanks. <laughs> this is supposed to be a tough fight. And you murdered my wizard, so it's not as tough. I blame his upbringing. Alright. Is that the end of your turn, Briar? Also, technically, you would have had disadvantage on your ranged attack because you are within five feet of an opponent. Can I get you to roll again? Roll what? Another attack with your javelin. With what, the javelin or the battle axe? Just the javelin. Okay. Shame. Hmm. Bummer. You know? Too bad you just finished. Alright. It is the Fearbolg Barbarian's turn. And you know who's on the ground prone right in front of him. Hmm. Well, look at you go. You take 10 slashing damage. 
I, I feel like with my AC, I still get hit so much. He rolled a 19. He rolls pretty high. He doesn't do anything but roll high. Well, I'm still up, <laughs> you know. Just I'm just right. bleeding out of every orifice, but you know. He's gonna still move up. right there, and he's gonna try to whack the little flying thing. Smash the bug out of the air. Yeah, he doesn't like small flying bugs. Wow, rolled even worse. I don't know, not quite. It was close. 18, I believe, still connects. Even AC of 16. So that would be 13 slashing damage against the bug. So six or no? Yeah. Yeah, the yep, bug's six. raging, man. This is your turn, Azrael. You're prone between right, two well, opponents. I'm gonna stand up. Um, and so what I wanna do is do my fang bite, but I, I want it to like to the audience and stuff, I want it to look more like a head bite, because I don't want to make it obvious that I'm like taking my fangs out and biting into him. So can I like kinda make it kinda look like a, a head bite and then like kind of go in and suck some energy out? You can try a sleight of hand check. Light of mouth. Okay. <laughs> it works. So go ahead and, and make your attack. Make that hits. Points. Who are you attacking? You're attacking the, the Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. Alright, so I get eight hit points back. The voice in the back of your skull demands more. Ooh. Uh, okay then, so then I guess I'll listen to my skull and do Fury of Blows, so it's been the key point. And then I'm going to use my second Fury of Blows to do Hand of Healing to get back some hit points. The 17... Does it not hit or hit? It doesn't matter if it hit. That would hit. Healing hand. That okay. Would hit. So it would take seven damage for the Fury of Blows. Their AC, you guys would know that they're not moving quite as fast as they were a little while ago. They seem to have slowed down. The Goliath. So, yeah. So he would take eight and then seven, and then I would heal eight and six. Got it. And um, that's, I can't do anything more, so that's it. All right. Alright, I'm gonna move. This one right here. Yep. Alright. I'm gonna bonus action insightful fighting. Not great. Well, they rolled worse, so. 
Yeah. She, uh, uh, <laughs> you can tell that she is like this, like twirling little, you know, monster of shield and and longsword. But that's you know, if you can just wait for the shield to be in the wrong spot, you can you can get a beat on her. Got it. Oof. Did you just misgender that Goliath? Uh, that misses her. Mm. No, it's the dead rogue was the one you have to be worried about. Oh. No, the, in the picture of the Goliath, that is clearly a, you know, woman gender. It is. That is the intent, I believe, by the artist. Uh, Snow, is that the end of your turn? Uh, yes. Okay. Honest is your turn. Can I stand right there? Sure. All right, I'm gonna hit the Goliath with the sword. That misses. Um, yeah, so bonus action tis. Swing with. Oh, I rolled the wrong one. Should have been my longsword first, and then bonus action shadow blade. What's the difference? Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's just one and then the other. Okay. It's just two weapon fighting. That one does hit. Go ahead and roll that. So, 12. I got a bunch of really good music for my intense combat playlist from the uh, Guild Wars 2 expansions, so it's fun. That definitely connects. You can tell the Goliath is... She's injured, but she's not going down anytime soon. Oh, I did have a question. Okay. So, the Shadow Blade is a weapon that I am proficient with, technically. Like, that's what the spell creates. It says it creates a sword that you're proficient with. Uh -huh. And Giant's Might adds 1d6 of damage to it. So does that apply to Shadow Blade as well? It's just like a weird verbiage thing. Like, in, to me it applies, but I just wanted to ask because it's like a spell. You know what I mean? It's like weird. So is Shadow Blade like 3d6 now? Yes. No, okay. hold on. What do you mean D6? It should be 2D8 plus 1D6. Oh, I've been rolling D6s for it. Oops. It is definitely 2D8, bud. Oof. Man, mm. I've, I've been it, rolling anyway. Well, it's... No, your roll was 2D8. Uh, 
Your rolls has been... Oh, sorry, that was your longsword. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, long, long sword's fine. That's different. Uh, I didn't see your, your Shadow Blade, but your Shadow Blade should be 2d8 plus 1d6 while you're giant. Okay, I was just making sure that it still applied. Alright, Javid, it's your turn. Alright. Well, I want to stop that uh, Firbolg whom I have put my mark upon. So I'm going to uh, fire. I'm certainly trying. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly am going to try. Okay, that hits. Fringe. All right, and Hunter's uh, mark damage. And um, I'm going to try a second time, and this time um, see if I can put a little more damage on it with Sharpshooter. All right. I'm pulling back extra hard. That hitch. And so is whenever I hit, okay, so adding Hunter's Mark again for two. And um, I'm going to step back just a little bit. Which there, and uh, and I'm good. Okay. All right. The Goliath is going to make three attacks against the giant uh, lion next to her. Correction. Yes, the Goliath. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go uh, go ahead and throw shield up. You're gonna want. Uh, okay. One of the hits would have missed. One of them would have hit if you had not shield. Uh, but the third one does connect for nine piercing damage. Tematari, it's your. Okay. Um, I am going to try to move, I guess, because I can't see nobody. Could I potentially shoot past Onox? Yes, but they would have cover. So, yes. Alright, well, um, 
I'm going to magic missile the green guy and wait, what? What? I... Okay, but I don't want to do lethal damage. Uh, the only way to do non-lethal damage is to hit with a melee weapon. But you can hit him and then apologize later. I mean, there's I'm already sorry. two dead people that we need to not make dead, or at least try not to make um, dead. Yeah, try to make not dead. They, they knew Better ask yeah. forgiveness than permission. Exactly. You know, I'm willing to risk it. They're only kind of injured, and my rolls haven't been so good. So yeah, let's do the thing. Alright. Are you casting it at first level? Are you cast it. Oh, I did? Oops. That's what it says. No, I'm trying to do first. Let me Let me try that again. Well, you only rolled one dart, so... Okay, so you dealt a total of 13 damage. Are you still trying to count the first two? I see a five, a four, and a four. Yeah, so two of them were at third level. I guess it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Okay. It's Um, 1d4 plus one for each dart. I have a five and two fours. Alright. They both kind of like swirl between Onyx's legs and like pepper the chest of the uh, Goliath. She kind of lets out a grunt. Um, She is still standing. She looks injured, but She's got a little bit more fight on her. That is it for me. Uh, Briar, it's your turn. Alright, forget that other guy. My axe comes back to my hand, and I'm gonna fuck this guy up. Or attempt to, at least. Because he keeps getting me, and I've, like, thus far ignored him. So... Holy crap. Well, would you look at that? (laughs) Alright. So, do I just roll a regular attack? Well. Do I not even have to? Just with max? Yeah. Um. Yeah, go ahead and roll damage for your first attack. That is a grit. And then go ahead and roll for your second attack. Damn, she be out here double critting people. Yeah, that definitely was a crit. Even if you had disadvantage, that would have been a crit. Go ahead and roll your attack and your your second attack and then your damage from the first one. Looks like the rolls didn't okay, go wait, to um, to forge. They're in 
yeah, sorry, they're they're over there. I don't even see them on D and D Beyond. I the last thing I see is Onyx. Oh, I see them. I no. see battle axe damage for seven, and then another one for twelve. So that would be you would combine those, right? Because she crit. So that'd be nineteen mm -hmm. for the first strike. I I just. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I don't see literally anything that you're talking about. You want to try here refreshing? Or D &D Beyond. When D &D I refreshed, Beyond. it deleted D&D &D Beyond. There's now nothing in the game. Oh, nice. Well, do you want me to redo it? I mean, if you can roll it so it shows up in, in Foundry... You also need to roll a second attack. With advantage. So like three attacks? Because I did two. Well I don't I don't see no. any. No, you, no, you rolled the one one attack with advantage. That was two crits. Sorry, it's also kind of hard to do Now you have a second attack also with advantage. And I, I just put the snip in that I see. From okay. D &D so Beyond. that one was would have been a crit, so she needs to roll another D ten. Is her damage type two D ten to start out with? Uh, that well, that one is. It says it's one D ten plus. Right. It's just she rolled it twice, right? So she has seven and oh, then twelve. Well, I only see the. Because I see battle battle axe damage seven and then battle axe damage twelve in the snip. And both of those are plus five. Oh, okay. Well, no, that would have been so. She rolled nineteen damage for the first. Yeah. And then for the second, what do I need to do? Second attack with advantage. Yeah, just okay. another attack with advantage. Oh, I see it now. I do advantaging on is a shift. It's left shift, and then click. And you should click to the left of the name of the attack, otherwise it won't automatically roll damage. Alright, that one also hits. Go ahead and roll damage. He's looking pretty hurt. The Firbolg is uh, injured. He's got arrows embedded in his back and, and like battle axe cuts in his chest. Looking pretty. Alright. He is going to attack Ana. Well, one of those is a crit. That is a total of... The first attack connects for six slashing damage. The second attack, a crit, connects for... Tw or correction, the first one would have been eight. The second one would be 22. Ooh, ouch. 
I'm out. Your boy is unconscious and small again. He just gets like whacked with the axe and then shrivels it up. Oh shit, I just realized I was calculating that wrong for... So your attacks are force damage. He's not resistant to force damage. So that would have been 19 and 12 for a total of 32. So that's an additional... looking very injured. Near death, even. But Azrael, you're, uh... The voice in your head is telling you to finish off the... Goliath. Goliath. Alright, but I did see Onyx go down, so... Um, the voice in the head is not going to override that, and I'm going to do bonus action revive key and bring Onyx back up. He gets six healing points and wakes up on the ground. Um, and then I'm going to do the same thing where I try to make it look like a headbutt when I'm actually biting into the Goliath. Okay. That hits. Or that no, correction. that's the gotcha. sleight of hand, so yep. they don't realize what I'm doing. Oh. Then, I, then I bite her. That hits. All right, so... Eight points, and then I take eight. Uh, and that's the end of my turn. Nice. Snow, it's your turn. Alright. Aim at the Goliath. Go for it. <sighs> Sails over their shoulder. Kind of like you're trying to aim between the two rocks and it just bounces off one of the other rocks. That's unfortunate. Alright, yeah. Onyx. Is that the interference now? Yeah. Okay, Onyx is your I'm gonna kinda do like a like a, like a breakdancing spin move and stand up, which only uses five feet of my movement. <clears throat> and I'm gonna step up and smack the Goliath with my longsword. Okay. Not. You rolled with Shadow Blade again, bud. Okay, I definitely clicked on my longsword. I don't know why it's showing up as Shadow Blade. It's the same attack, like two hit number, though. Okay. Um, they're gonna parry. Mm. 
knocking your blade aside. And then as my bonus action, I'm going to second win. I get my four hit points back. That's my turn. Nice. Javid, it's your turn. All right. Well, <clears throat> I think that uh, Firbolg needs to go down, and so I'm going to uh, see if I can put some hurt on him with Sharpshooter, and I will fire at him. Sails right over the, his shoulder. Looks like that was no good, but I try again. Alright. Knock a second arrow. That one hits. And... Also with... Uh, and you kill the third out of four of the combatants here in the arena. All right. Then um, that uh, is my turn. And, and uh, let's see. I'll uh, take my bonus action to move Hunter's Mark to the Goliath. Yeah, we'll try to bring him back, maybe. <laughs> yep, you have outright oh, killed... After they told you, please don't kill them, you've outright killed three of the four combatants. Because our range is who's actually doing the killing. Fuck them. If they would just go down quicker, we would have been able to render aid. Yeah, if they okay. didn't come in here like a bunch of shits, we wouldn't kill them. They're right. human that we're just, right. and, uh, just trying to make some money. Yeah. Alright. Uh, lay, lay down your arms, lady. Put them put down. You're done. Onyx, I need you to make a strength saving throw. Can we just say they're not dead? Like, can we just, like, hand wave it and say, mm. like, there was no. some, like, clerics that came out and saved them? That is not how the screen works. And you, of all people, should know this, Azrael. Oh, no, it's not Azrael. This is Crystal Assay. <laughs> Azrael does not care. Also, right. they haven't stopped the fight, so... Yeah, I mean, they're not going to um, stop it. They're yeah. making money. Yeah, just figures he'll, he's gonna and they don't know that they're dead. The laying on hands and say, all right, you're, you're good, you're yeah. good. The gladiator, the Goliath, is going to catch you in the gut with the shield. You take eight bludgeoning damage on it. Then with a second strike with the long sword, uh, would connect for 11 piercing damage. Or question slashing. Uh, I'm gonna sh cast shield, knowing that it's probably not gonna do any good. It would, it would block it. Uh, then she's gonna make there another go, attack. Brother. What's your AC with shield? Seventeen. The third attack does hit for ten slashing damage. 
And down again. She is going to second win. For not very much. Alright. Dimitar, it's your turn. Put her down. Finish this. Finish her. I am going to walk up and pull out my dagger. And, uh, if you go to the other you side, know, you I get guess advantage. I'm just gonna like stab her. If you go to the other side, you get advantage, just so you know. Ooh. Wait. Oh, that way. Right? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's do that. And then... Uh, Look at that. Oh, I don't even need to roll again. Nope. Non-lethal. Uh-huh, sure. I'm going to smite her. <laughs> She's looking pretty hurt. She's on her last legs. Um, I can do a bonus action, right? Where it's like hey, when you double two handed fighting, roll one die. Oh yes, you need to roll another d4. Oh, because it was a, a it was crit, a crit, right? <laughs> As a wizard, I don't really know what I'm doing with this. So <laughs> there we go. Wow, look at that. Would have been two more. Alright, it's at the end of your turn. Okay, actually, um, so as a bonus action, uh, I would like to punch her. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to do that. Cause my, it's like a two-weapon fight, fighting, right? Do you have two weapons? My fist is a weapon? Well, it says my bonus action's option is two-weapon fighting. Isn't that for everybody? So, is I feel like everyone has the option to like. It has to be a light melee weapon. It, it's something special with a monk that lets you do it unarmed, and you wouldn't be able to add your proficiency, and you have to be holding it in both hands. Like you have to have the, like two two daggers in both hands, and you don't add okay. your ability right. modifier to the attack. Yeah, you can't just punch with both hands. Yeah, so it'd have to be, you'd have to have two daggers. So, like, I couldn't just... Hand. Oh. That doesn't make sense to me, because, like, dab, right, with this, and then I have an empty hand, where I'm just gonna, like... That is a special mm -hmm. ability that's okay. granted to you by the monk. Yeah, like, that's if, a monk if thing. You, if you read specifically okay. the two-handed fighting, it's All very right. clear that it says when you take an attack with a light melee weapon, you're holding in one hand, you can use a bonus action to attack with a different light me melee weapon. Yeah, so it wouldn't work. Uh, Briar, it is your turn. Unless Demetari wants to move. I think you have a little bit more movement. 
no, it maxed out on me. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna shout to the remaining person. Look around you, do you want to finish this? Fight's not over until I'm unconscious. You heard her. She asked for it. Give it to her. I'm gonna fly straight up into the air and throw my axe at her. Alright, go ahead and make a... That does not know. Okay, I'm gonna throw a javelin then. Okay. That does hit though. So roll damage with your javelin. She looks very near death. The voice in the back of your head is is demanding that you drain the last bit of energy from her, Asriel. So, quick question. It hasn't come up yet. So, if I want to bite her, but not drain all the energy, just, just knock her unconscious, you know? Just get her where she's real feeling lightheaded, but not, like, you know, kill her. Um, is the voice going to fight me on that? Definitely, yes. Okay, so she's going to attempt to, f to to fight the voice and try to not kill this person. Hold on, actually. Your the voice in the back of your head does have a stat block. I need to. It quick. does. Yes, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Alright, uh, that is going to be... It's a charisma saving throw, right? Yes. Can I guide myself? No, I can't. It's a saving throw. Never mind. The voice demands every bit of energy from... So, how long am I charmed? Do I know how long I'm charmed for? Uh, Can I feel that I'm charmed? Or is that something I don't know until later? I think this might be the first time that the voice in the back of your head has ever demanded something from Not true. It actually demanded that I kill the Minotaur. That is true. This is the second time. And I didn't fight it the first time. So at least when so I looked it up and it says that if I try to fight the symbiotic being and I fail the charismatic or the saving throw, I'm charmed for one d one d twelve hours. And while charmed, I must follow the symbiotic's command. If I'm if I take damage that is not self-inflicted, I can repeat the saving throw though. All right. 
Unless you failed. So I will, yeah, drain it. Go for it. You do have advantage, so go ahead and roll. Yeah, see, still taking some control. But um, I guess I still have to keep going, so I'll do Fury Blow. That misses. Oh, never mind, that hits. Oh, no, that's the two of them. So the first. Oh, yeah, you know, right, you never mind. So the first one does crit. The second one misses, but the first one crit, so let me... Well, uh, I see <laughs> that you rolled a 10. There is no need to roll damage. Oh, that is enough. Okay. Uh, so she's dead because the symbiotic being told me to do that. Well, yeah. You just, like, punch her directly in the chest, and she kind of lets out a crunch, the last little bit of life passes from her eyes and she falls dead in front of you uh and i think this is where we're going to take a little break so oh we're taking a break we're not ending yeah. okay this is where we'll take a little break hey it's five i gotta go feed my babies can you right. uh you're gonna do it for me see you guys
It could be worse. All right. It could actually be dead. We'll come back every. The last opponent falls dead in the arena. <clears throat> There's kind of a mix of cheering and like, kind of like, hushed, like, like, uh, the, the tone is one of, of a little bit of, of confusion in the crowd. They've watched you kill all of your opponents. Can I, would this be, because I know Charmed, I only have to follow when they give me directions, like otherwise I kind of have free reign, right? You you only have to do what they tell you to do, but if you are doing things and they don't care, then you can act normally. But if you okay. act contrary to their will, they can force you to do what they want. So if I go and try to do a medicine check on, not the Goliath, because I've already got a feeling it, it wants that thing dead. Um, but I go to the other one, so I like run over to the barbarian and do like um a, like a medicine check to see if he's really dead, if I can like try to like you know stabilize him, anything like that. Will it tell me not to do that? Um, no, I think it it mostly wants you to try and like drain the last life out of them, but they're already dead. You so... can tell it is upset with you. Mm -hmm. that's the general vibe you're getting okay well i'm gonna do a medicine check and see if i can okay. try to find a way to revive and while you're doing that i'm gonna run over to the wizard and see if a cure wounds will revive her and um i kind of appreciated the Goliath's perseverance, so I would like to try to uh, help her at all. Um, you know, a little CPR or something. You guys can do a medicine check at advantage. I guess um, Azrael already rolled, so you can try to roll a straight check on the Goliath. Pro probably better that you try that. I'll go, you know, see if I can help the rogue out, dump that potion down his throat. David, right. can you wake up Onyx? Oh, I don't Onyx. have any. Yeah, I don't have any spell slots, okay. and Onyx is on the ground. As you guys are kind of scurrying amongst your opponents, trying to figure it out, Demetari and Asriel, there's no luck. The Goliath is dead, as far as you can tell. Right. You watch okay. as a few members of the. Uh, so Onyx, you get 14 hit points. There's a few dwarves that kind of leap over the side into the arena. Uh, Ezreal and Onyx, you've seen them before. They're kind of like the medics of uh, Arkelons. Uh, they kind of walk over and just like grabbing under their, you know, their arms and just start like dragging the perished opponents to the edge of the arena and like kind of tucking them away in like a little, there's like a little hidden alcove back there where the the medics kind of work one of the medics gives you like your party looks at the rest of you he's like shaking his head and then he drags away the firbolg well they've <clears throat> seen onyx and i fight in this ring before right like yes but you and onyx fight melee and probably have not killed anyone before in the arena gotcha it's Tell whether a cure wounds would help the fallen. Um, you could make a medicine check. 
You can certainly attempt to. I would be still by the Goliath if I'm All able right. to help him. Alright. Yeah, you guys, there's no... You know, you're not... You, you can tell that they're dead, definitely. they You killed them. Um, there's... They're a little bit beyond your uh, your capabilities to heal, kind of in this this hurried moment. As you're watching your opponents get dragged mm -hmm. away, um, the like wizard in the back kind of like casts a spell, and all the rocks back into the ground, and it's just this like flat arena in front of you. You can see kind of everything. Uh, Demetari, you note that. The wizard is dragged away, and their spellbook lies in the sand. Corius approaches your party, and he's kind of snapping his fingers. He's like, all right, circle up, everybody. Um, is the book en route to where he wants us to circle up? No, but I mean, I guess you could run over there and run back. You know, it would take you like t t ten seconds. I mean, yeah, but... I didn't want to seem like an asshole. You already killed time. everyone. Just do it. All right, fine. I mean, they're already dead, I guess. I'll pocket some of those health potions if I can. Um, so you guys would also note that behind the rock where the wizard was, there is an empty health potion file. Um, Demetari, you're able to run over and grab this spell book and, and run back into the rest of the group. He's curious. All right. Remember how I said don't kill him? That was, like, the one thing I said, right? Yeah, you know what? I think it's only fair that, at least on my part, the earnings that were made can go to the families of the fallen. This is yeah, this was completely out of hand. You're lucky that, uh, you know, I like some of you, and he looks at Onyx and kind of looks at Azrael. You're lucky. And you're lucky especially that the audience didn't like those guys. But uh, here's your pay. And he hands you a little bag of gold. Kinda... So, I know they're from Tidesgate. Do we know anything about their family? Did they say anything? No. They were refugees like everybody else. Got driven here, away from the war. Oh, but it sounds <clears throat> like they weren't really good for business. Oh, we made a lot like of money off just... them. It sounds like they were just taking everybody's money. It doesn't really seem like they were, you know, part of the deep. Eh... Could go either way. Definitely inspired a lot of people to come here and watch them fight. We made a little money off that. However, as it stands, what uh, what were your names again? The Bumblers or something? Um, no. Uh, the Boppers. The Boppers. Boppers. Mm. Trying to change. All right. Not a well, fan of that name. And he he kind of turns and yeah. shouts, "The Boppers win! Great job, everybody! Tidesgate terrors are out." They're uh, probably not coming back anytime soon, so, you know, don't look for them or anything. And kind of mutters towards your party. God damn it, I gotta pay off so many fucking guards now. So, so quick question. We we got 360, right, from that? No. He handed you back 40 gold. So, wait, we only got 40? Correct. Is that because we killed them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was just putting back the party fun. Um, so, there's... Absolutely no children that you that that these guys have had that you're aware of. Why would I know that? 
I don't know. They're just, you know, you see them all the time. You don't get like a drunken rant of how they have a fucking snotty nosed brat running around every points, so often. He points at Onox. He's like, this guy's fought in here like forty times. I don't even know what his last name is. Who is this guy? <laughs> all right. Speaking of which, is that ogre still running around? I uh, probably haven't seen him for the past couple of days. There's a. I got debts to pay with that guy. Well, you can, you know. Figure out where he is. God, this is... You know... I'm gonna be real hard-pressed to invite you guys back into my ring. Maybe what just... Right. The melee? About... Can, can the just the melee come back in the ring? I'll think about it. You know, give me a couple about... days to cool off. How about this? If we help you out with the guards, can you tell us any information about some missing refugees or anything that you've been hearing about? I I haven't heard anything about that. I oh, come you know, on. I usually this just low, hang out in here. This low, you got to hear the rumblings. You got to hear people taking people refugees out of the houses and stuff. You got to be hearing about that stuff. All I know is the guards have been up to something down here. That's all I know. The guards the, uh, have been up to something. Yeah, there were a few refugees in here a couple nights back who were talking about how they don't trust the guards or something. I don't know. I don't really care, so, you know. What what guards? And I the guards down here, the ones in the I, lower levels. I kind of like sh start shuffling like 20 gold in my hand. I mean, you, you know, you don't need to pay me. I'm just telling you what I what I know. The guards are uh, up to something down here. They've been putting the refugees into their little, you know, all the empty houses that we have down here. And then, uh, I don't know, they've been doing stuff to them. The refugees don't like them. That's all I know. Well, who's a good refugee that we can talk to that maybe find out more about these what these guards are doing? I know you got to know some names. You, they got to be coming in here, watching the fights. There's a man. He's uh, from Ficaron. I've talked to him a couple times. His name's Gregor. Gregor. Yeah, I think he's living down on the seventh level. He was one of the ones I heard uh, talking about the whatever it was. The guards are up to something. I'm gonna drop the twenty gold in his hand. Thanks for your help, friend, and I'm sorry <laughs> about the trouble we caused. Mm. All right, I understand. You know, just uh, just don't come back in here. Or don't you know? Don't make a scene in here uh, for at least a couple of days, because you know, well, reasons. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Talking to the the guy. Um, what are you guys gonna do? So, basically, the wizard has a rock in her hand that she was twirling uh -huh. around. Um, I mean, she's not gonna use it now. Do you think that maybe I could have it, you know, to remember the irresponsibility of this evening and, and potentially be reminded of the harm that was caused um, because of us? And, like, big grin. Make a persuasion check. Oops. What? I don't know what's going on, but I'm at 20 to medicine check, and I'm mad that that got wasted. Well, um, I would count that as your roll, so that would have been at 21. Okay. Yay! All right. Whatever. Just, you know, don't 
make a scene out of rummaging through their dead pockets. You know, that's just rude. Uh, yeah, I understand why you guys think that, but sure. It's only fair. Alright. Uh... Can I do anything else for you guys, or can I scoot you guys out of my fight pit before I invite more people in here, you know, have to, you know, get people to understand that dying in here isn't normal and this was a fluke fight? Uh, you know what? I got you. And, like, I'm gonna press to digitate the blood splatters a, a bit. <laughs> do a little bit of organizing on the rocks, you know, and just, like, cleaning up this hot mess. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. All well, right. And he starts... Here, uh, can, um... I look up at the uh, <clears throat> Miners Guild skybox and, and see if there's any particular interest one way or another about what, what they've seen or scanning the, the um, crowd. Is anybody taking uh, Making the insight interest? check. Maybe somebody uh, lost a lot of money or won a lot of money on this. Make an insight check. So... Uh, I would say that most of the crowd kind of ranging from um, elation at having you seemingly defeated these um, interlopers to uh, a little bit of horror in that you literally killed them in the arena here, and that is a tad unusual. It happens from time to time. Not to this degree. Um... As far as looking at the Miner's Guild skybox, they don't care at all. They didn't watch this fight in the slightest. They seem very preoccupied in whatever conversation they are currently having. Um, but in general, the rest of the crowd is, you know, it kind of has a little bit of an energy to it as, as this fight wraps up. Um, Corius kind of starts, he's trying to muster attention from everyone, shouting and, and you know, general MC duties, trying to get everyone to, to pay attention and, and ready up their um, bets for the next fight. What are you guys doing? Uh, I'm gonna look around. Do I see any of the old haunts in here? Ones that I've I've recognized and been with a few times. Um, I'm following the medic guys and being like, "Hey, uh, he, he, where 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 you guys putting them? Because um, that guy said that I could have a, a little token from that lizard." Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll do it all private-like as not to alarm anybody, but yeah, yeah it was a cool-looking rock. Uh. <sighs> Alright. One of the uh, dwarves kind of rummages through the pockets of the, the dead wizard and hands you a little stone. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, do you guys want any help carrying them over? That... I, it, I mean, it's partially my fault, so I feel like I, I should, I should assist. Nah, 
We'll get them after the uh, we close for a couple hours at the uh, at midnight or whatever it is. There's usually a lull, and then we pop the bodies out. Pop them out where? That's none of your business. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right. I'm just curious to see Why what. Are you sort so of... interested in where the bodies go, you weirdo? Well, I'm a I, I'm a mortician, and I do find it fascinating what different cultures like to do with their dead. Um, you know, I have hobbies. You have hobbies. It doesn't harm anyone. Well, except these guys. But I was trying not to. Okay, Make a persuasion. I told them not to kill them. <laughs> the, uh, let me check. The two dwarves that are closest to you kind of mutter to each other in dwarvish. And then uh, the one that you talk to. Alright, well, they go to the morgue. Anyway, we're busy with, uh, you know, taking care of this. And you can see that they're kind of like wrapping them up in, in little canvas uh, body bags, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, where is that? I'd love to uh, pick the other mortician's brain. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Certainly not with a hook through the nostrils. Well, the morgue's up a couple levels. All right. Well, thanks for the information. Um, good luck, I guess. With the they eye you yeah. suspiciously. What do you think I'm gonna do? They're already dead. I don't know what you're into. Um, <laughs> science, you know, just just science. And I'm like eyeing them back, like feeling like I'm picking up what they're putting down, and I don't like what them, they're assuming. The two of them kind of talk to each other in dwarven again, and then they just like they're looking at you. Certainly nothing kinky. No, not even remotely. You weirdos. You can think that I'm the strange one, and I'm just gonna walk away in a huff. All right. Um, so before I forget, her spell book. That's what was in her spell. Alt yourself, hold person, knock, blink, fireball, slow, haste, polymorph, stonekin, telekinesis, and guess. Sweet! Um, so, out of character, like, how big are these spell books in general? Like, are they, like, a, you know, like a heavy... Depends on the... Like... Depends on the spellcaster. Hers was, like, a little, like, notebook, flipbook thing, you know? Okay. And the one that I got before that, what was that one? Uh, that one probably would have been a little bit larger, a little bit more ornate. Um, that one was held by like a, you know, a, you know, like a PhD researcher from a university. So his probably had a little bit more artistry to it. Hers is just, you know, the kind of spell book that someone who fights in an arena uses. Okay, so it wouldn't be unreasonable for me to have all three like hooked to my belt. Like I, so... I want. You can't use other people's spell books. 
Yeah, but I have a collection that people are aware of now. You'd probably put them in your like your pack, and whenever you're transcribing out of them, you would pull one out. But you wouldn't, you know, you you want your spellbook at at ready, not the other people's, because there's can't help you at all. You can't use them. Well, yeah. So I understand they can't help me, but I was just saying that when I'm walking around with multiple spell books, I mean, it kind of makes me look powerful. I just wanted oh. that. There, it makes you look like a wizard killer is what it does. You, you definitely well, look like a nerd. You have a bunch of books. Um, but <laughs> You know, I don't think that Dimitari would pick up on that considering she mostly hung out with dead folks. I think in her mind, she feels like she looks cool. Definitely. Like an intellectual. Alright. Where are you guys going now? <clears throat> so, this is Azrael's neighborhood, right? So she kind of knows yes. like the people on the streets and like the neighbors and that kind of stuff. And so we've been told by this guy that the guards are doing stuff to the people in the homes. Um, so can I just, like, talk to people that I know and just say, hey, you know, what's um, going on with these guards? You probably wouldn't know any refugees because they've all kind of moved in after you left a couple of weeks ago. Um, but what but about you could... just, like, the people I know? Like, yeah. maybe they know what's going on? Sure. Neighbor lady next door. The you know the guy who you know is lit you know the drunk that sits in the street the the cart person who sells mm -hmm. things I I don't really know what this neighborhood looks like. All right. So, uh, um. Sure. If you'd like to go talk to one of your neighbors, you can. All right. Um. Sure. Can I make up a neighbor? Uh. If you would like to make up a neighbor, sure. Can I have crazy cat lady? Absolutely. So she has like seven cats. She's like a re you know really old, um, you know, uh, and she's just like you know she she cares a lot about her cats. They're people. They're her children. Her house smells like cat piss. <laughs> just like pictures of her cats everywhere. All right. Her name's Agnes. Okay. I was going to give her name, but I'll take Agnes. So, uh, her her name is uh, Agnes Hardgrip. She is your neighbor. Um, and if anyone wants to, like, come, I guess, like, I, I feel like if people want to leave the arena and stuff and be like, hey, I'm going to go talk to my neighbor about these guards. You guys want to come? Yeah, I'm yeah, on the lookout. I'm, I'm, I plan on going to see if I could find in the lower level where that that guy was. Uh, you're looking for Gregor. Yeah, Gregor. Okay. Um, if you are looking for Gregor, can I get either a? Um, you just asking around looking for him. Yeah, I'm just going to be asking people that look a little more ragtag that are obviously refugees. Alright, go ahead and give me a persuasion check. 
Uh, you definitely are going to be making it a disadvantage, actually, if you are doing it. They do not trust Leonin. Uh, Leonin are typically from Austrinium, so it's a little bit of racism for you. Hold on one second. But a 15 is probably good enough. Alright, so, like, every if everybody's going with, um, Asriel, I'm gonna kind of, like, dust myself up to look a little more rough. Um, like, kind of push my sword underneath my, like, backpack and stuff so it's not out in the open, and then, um, kind of, like, tap into the old refugee status that I am, kind of walk with a little bit of a limp okay. as I'm mm -hmm. talking to people outside and kind of... Speak in a more hoarse voice and ask, like, there was this old man, uh, Gregor, that helped me out a long time ago. I've heard that he was here. And just try to, like, <clears throat> since, since con my uh, way into uh, talking to him. Got yourself knocked unconscious twice. You ought to have. Uh, yeah, you definitely look like shit. So, you know, that's not hard. Yeah, I'm already, like, bloody and I already look like shit. So I'm kind of, like, doing the, the wrap around the head <clears throat> to kind of, like, distort my lean in a little bit. Alright. I would say that you're able to talk to some people. So. Uh, we will do Asriel first. Oh, Asriel, you're back from your trip. It's me, Agnes Hardgrip. And it's just this little, like, short little dwarf woman who's kind of, like, poked her head out of the little alleyway. Um, <laughs> behind her, it's just, you know, a little dwarven-sized door and a window. And, like, inside of it, you can see there's, like, three cats sleeping in the window. She's got one underneath her arm. And she's just kind of, like, aggressively patting its head, and the cat is just... Oh, it's still alive. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. How was your trip? Uh, eventful. I mean, at first it was uneventful. Then it was eventful. We ran into the army. But we're here now. So. Oh. Well, welcome back. Good to see that you're safe and uh, sound or whatever. Uh, but Agnes, can, can we come in? Th th these are my friends. Uh, who's with you? Who's with me? I will be there, and um, I am definitely going for one of those cats in the window, ignoring Agnes completely. Sorry. I don't know. Do you guys think Briar um, would come, no. or would Briar go with Onyx? Briar's probably with you, and I'm gonna say Snow has like stealth is like stealthily following me, just like keeping an eye on my back and everything. I think mm -hmm. I think uh, Javid would have gone with uh, Onyx as well and uh, probably cast uh, Disguise Self to, to look like uh, one of the refugees as well. Okay, just like a haggard looking human, probably. Right. Alright. Ooh, ooh, can, can Javid be like supporting me? Like the whole time? Yeah, you two are kind of walking in, in tandem where it looks like, you know, you're helping the other preventing the other from mm -hmm. falling down after after like the first couple of conversations where people like 
absolutely hate leaning in. I want to look as fucked up as possible. I want, like, to be heavily leaning on Javid. Like, I am the furthest thing from a threat. Like, if a mosquito landed on me too hard, I'm going down. Oh, also... I'll pull out my, my quarterstaff, and I'm, I'm leaning on that like a walking stick. Like, the, the two of us need all the help we can get. Gotcha. Alright, so, Azriel, Demetari, and Briar have uh, gone off to talk to a neighbor's Agnes invites you inside. Welcome, welcome. Um, I baked some pie. Um, I don't know if you can eat it. It's, you know, like a dwarven dessert pie. Well, I'll just add some spices to it. I'm sure it's delicious, Agnes. Okay. Can, can Briar, Briar can, like, analyze the cooking or whatever, sure. Uh... Sure. Or discuss pie. I don't know. Oh yeah, pastry techniques. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, because she's never seen Darwin cooking before. Can I get a survival check from whoever is analyzing the pie? <laughs> we grab our sheet. Agnes, how many cats do you have? I have 15 cats, although one of them went missing. Wait, when did it go missing? Yesterday. I'm sure he'll be back. Is this unusual for him? Am I going to start looking around? What does he look like? Maybe I can help. I just love a, cats. Just a little tomcat. Like an orange, I don't know, tomcat probably or something. So, sorry, that'd be minus. So it'd be 23 for because okay. I, I clicked the wrong thing. All right, so Briar, investigating the dwarven dessert pie, can tell that it is made out of very peculiar mushrooms that would probably make a non-dwarf sick. So it's poisonous, basically. Yeah, hundred percent, it's poisonous. Yeah, if I'm still gonna eat it. Eat it. Okay. Uh, can I'll I get a con put, save? Like... I'll take a slice and then just like sneakily feed it to Wanda. She's dead <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Agile's way to be nice. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you're not immune to poison damage or anything, right? No, I can only I cannot breathe. But okay. I still can be poisoned. You so are I'm poisoned. poisoned. <laughs> You're poisoned. You feel very sick. It, you know, I mean, it's got sugar in it and stuff. But as soon as it like sits in your stomach for a moment, you just kind of feel off. You know, you're like one wrong move away from throwing up. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to throw up. I'll just be like, oh. don't stand up too fast. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've never had a non-dwarf like this pie, but, you know, good to see that I could definitely feed it to more people. <laughs> good to see. Yeah. You know, maybe some less mushrooms, you know, when you're, you're feeding to non-dwarfs. Well, that's, that's where the sugar comes from, you know, the mushrooms. They're sweet mushrooms from down here. Yeah, but, you know, it's not, not all dwarfs like sweet. You know, non-dwarfs oh, sometimes they like okay, not that sweetness. makes sense to me. I'll add less mushrooms next time. So what can I do for you? So, so Agnes, you know, we, we've heard some scary things about refugees going just kind of missing and some accusations that the guards are, you know, doing stuff to these, uh, these refugees. And, you know, as a fellow, you know, an ex-refugee myself, I find that very concerning. Have you heard anything about that? Well, I did actually sort of hear a weird thing. Um, one of the other neighbors, um, 
I don't know if you've met her. Her name is Deerwin. Um, she and I were talking the other day, and um, basically what we we she heard from some of the guards was that you know they've been trying to put all the refugees in houses, and then they went back to some of the old houses, and they were gone. The refugees just sort of left from you know their little house they put them in. Because you know how so many houses down here are empty. You know, you got the empty one next door. Can I ask you something? Um, no. Did they leave suddenly? Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear anything about it. All I know is that the guards from up here, um, I think the level up, they were they were the ones who were distributing the refugees and. Uh, they put some in a house, and then as they were supposed to come back the next day and put them in the next house, the ones from the previous day were all gone. It was weird. Which which house was that? Oh, I don't know. It was just, you know, Deerwin overheard the conversation and uh, could, have, could have been any house, really. There's hundreds down here, hundreds of houses. Lots of empty ones. And so... Agnes, have you heard of someone called Gregor who lives the level below? Uh, no, sorry. Is he a refugee? I haven't really talked to any of them. I went to the market the other day and I did say hi to one, but that was it. That's very nice of you. Yes, I had to buy cat food. <laughs> so, so, so Gregor apparently is saying that the guards were the ones that were making the refugees disappear? Does that, that make sense to you? Not really. The guards were the ones who, who Derwin heard they were confused that the refugees were gone. What, what about different guards than the ones that are placing them? You, you know, because you had the guards up, up top that were bringing them down here. What about our local guards? You mm. know, like, you know, the drunkard over there, you know. I haven't you, you heard know. anything about that. I think, well, so the ones that went missing, they were from the 7th level okay. the bottom and um, it was the dwarves from the 5th th level who said that they were missing and it was weird well, what, what about the guards on the 7th level have they been acting weird I haven't gone down there in a while I only went up to the market and, and what about the guards on this level have they been acting normal well I said uh, I said hi to Mr. Gulrim but that was it he seemed normal to me I saw him the other day. What's he doing? Oh, I don't know. I didn't say anything to him, but he looked fine. I okay. said, hello, Mr. Gulrim, as I went past. You're becoming so social. <laughs> Thank you. I've been trying to get out more. There's a lot more cats these days, so I need more cat food. Thank you for your time, Agnes. All right. Can I just do in some staying tea? and neutering? No, I, I, you know, I do like whatever it is. I just collect the cats that I find. There's so many of them down here. You know what? I could probably neuter some cats. Okay. <laughs> you don't like kittens, do you? I mean, you, 15 cats is a lot. Like, maybe we should... Slow it down, reduce reduce overpopulation. I just, you, you know, know, there's all kinds of cancers we could avoid. I don't. I mean, there's, you know, I think there's like a natural um, 
population level for the local cats because obviously the you know the underdark wildlife you know it's got to eat some cats every once in a while hopefully not my cats but you know it happens the cats uh, they fulfill a useful niche in the um, food web there are much larger things than cats down here you know well thank goodness they have nine lives Oh, they absolutely do not. I have seen cats, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. The things I have seen cats do down here. Agnes, no one messed with my, my hovel while I was gone, right? I did. The guards did try to put one of the refugee families in there, but I said, no, no, that is, that is Asriel's hovel. And then they listened Aww. to me and they left. So, you know. I mean, I felt bad because there was a, you know, a refugee family that didn't have a home anymore. But, you know, I was just looking out for your stuff. Yeah, there's lots of homes. They can have another one. Yes, lots well, of homes down here. There's hundreds, hundreds, especially if you go down a level. It's empty down there. Well, maybe we'll try to find Deerwin. Where's Deerwin at? Just a couple, you know, she lives, uh, what, uh, four houses down? And then you round the corner to the left. Well, we'll, we'll maybe go talk to her. Thank you for the okay. pie. Yes. Uh, well, can I interest you in some tea or coffee before you go? Cookies? I would it... love a cookie. All right. They're dwarven cookies. Are they also made with mushrooms? <laughs> Absolutely. They're sweet dwarven mushrooms. <laughs> you know what? I'll have a couple. Okay. Just for the road. Thank you so much. She gives you two of them. You know, there's cool. little, little plain little mushrooms, or correction, cookies filled with mushrooms. Are you going to eat one? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I'm going to share with a friend later. <laughs> like, Azrael is looking way paler than usual, and I can pick up on a cue. Oh, yeah, yeah she I'm, looks I'm very sick. I'm actively trying not to throw up. Mm -hmm. Like, she seems really nice, I'm which is weird, because she's not normally this nice. And it's because, you know, she's trying not to throw up. Well, maybe go find Deerwin, but. All right. Onyx, Snow, and Javid. The two of you have gone down a level to the seventh and lowest level of Torivir Deep. It looks a little different from the rest of the levels above. It's a lot rougher. There are down here there are hallways that like go down and just stop as though the dwarves digging them just didn't finish didn't go anywhere there's all this it's almost a maze of little passageways and twisting directions the best way to find your way around on the seventh level is to look where um where there are little worn footprints of like foot traffic through um, because pretty much if you go somewhere where there isn't a lot of foot traffic, you're going to run into something weird. Um, but, talking to the right people, uh, Javid and Onox kind of feigning a... Uh, in, in general, can I get actually uh, performance checks from you two? You want performance or deception? Uh, I'll say deception. That makes more sense. 
Doing the advantage because I'm disguised? Sure. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helped. Alright. The people down here are very suspicious. Um, overall, they give you what you want. It takes a little bit of prodding. You kind of have to ask the right guy. It points you in the right direction. But eventually you're directed towards one of this little, like, houses down here that's kind of tucked away. And there's hundreds of them. There's, it, it is a, an actual maze of these little hallways and passageways. And you find yourself in one um, that is kind of near the edge. You know that you've gotten near the edge because the air almost smells different. It is, uh, the air moves a little quicker, but it is a little bit of a, a, a duskier metal smell sort of. It's kind of hard to describe. Um, but you approach a house that you have been directed to and you, you give the door a knock. A couple moments later a, uh, a human man roughly in his mid-40s and he's got a couple wrinkles on him and if pokes out the door. He's got a little brown beard, a few grays kind of poking in and out of it. I, uh, can I help you, sirs? Would you be Gregor? Kind of looks back and, I, what can I do for you? I was wondering if I could come in and have a, a word with you. I heard you were the man to talk to. Uh, all right. If you need somewhere to sit down, I suppose. And he kind of opens the door the rest of the way and allows you inside. I'm going to kind of like, still leaning on Jabid, shuffle in and give a quick look around. Are we alone in here? Um, so, in the corner, there is a woman, also in her mid-40s, and then a few young human children. There's two of them, uh, kind of sitting next to her. This is this house is obviously, it was abandoned, and there's, um, there's furniture and a few other things kind of tucked around the walls, but a lot of it looks like it was here before, and it was definitely abandoned. Um, it's old, dwarven-style furniture. Uh, but it's just them. And uh, Gregor kind of, that's just my family. What can I do for you? Have a seat on the couch. Uh, I'm going to stand up straight and like unwrap my head and kind of like stretch a little. Like get back to standing tall like I normally do. He kind of like, he, he definitely is now eyeing you very suspiciously. Now I know, I know. We saw the Australians and I know just from my looks that you're a little untrusting, but. I was once a refugee myself, and I've been hearing of some disappearances, and I'm interested on solving that problem, and I heard you were the one that might know some things. Okay, go ahead and make a persuasion check, and I will give you advantage. I, a few other people have gone missing down here, not us though. You're not. Who are you working for? Asking all these questions. I'm. I'm honestly, like from the bottom of my heart, working for myself. People cast out of their homes are. It's something that doesn't sit well with me in the beginning, and the fact that there are some coming up missing bothers me. Um, a few of my associates were part of the fortune hunters, and we've kind of gotten a lead through them. But I have a personal interest in this to make sure it ends up okay. Hmm. 
Right, so we don't have a, a mercenary interest. It's it's a humanitarian aim. All right. I people have gone missing down here. Do uh, you know of the circumstances of their having gone missing? A particular time of day or a particular. Uh, hallway happens at night the uh from what i heard from one of the other families is the uh, guards come they knock on your door they ask you some questions they take you off to their place everyone in your house goes with them and that's it you never heard from again the first one was about a week ago do they happen every night is it no. in the same row of houses? Is it specific families? Like, are they ma mainly human, dwarvish, elvish? It's been pretty random so far. It was, uh, what was it? I heard of one human. There was uh, a couple elves that went missing. A few other humans. Uh, there was um, one Janasi family that went missing. Doesn't really seem to, uh, you know, discriminate. And it seems like the uh, the regular beat cops, not a special unit or something. They don't have. I haven't heard myself about it. Um, it uh, all I heard from one of the other families. It uh, there was a, a man who happened to poke his head out the door when it happened. Uh, he said he just saw cops, so I'm not really sure who it was. Do you think they're following up on possible Astrinium leads or something? Like, you, you haven't gotten a name of said cops or anything? No, nah, but... I'm sorry. I don't know. We don't keep ourselves down here. We don't like talking to the, uh, talking to the guards. And, uh, well, us refugees have got to look after ourselves. Um, I'm just going to have a quick word with my associate here. Just excuse me one second. I'm kind of like huddle up and whisper to Javid. Um, could we possibly tell them to give a tip to the guards that they saw a Leonin down here that has possible Austrinium ties and see if we could get the guards to come talk to me and then our party's just kind of in a house waiting for the guards to come? Right. Sounds like a plan. And then we just kind of post up in one of these abandoned houses down here. And like have Gregor here give a right. tip to the guards, paint him in a good light that he got a tip. And when they come follow up, we just ask him questions. Maybe we um, get put. Or rather, we, we tell the... Um, some guards we find on the street that, that we got kicked out of the house and we need a new place and, and then see if we get put in a, uh, a house and then we get uh, collected later. Okay. All right, I like that, but I don't I don't think they know too much, so I don't think we need to bother them for too long. No. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and look at Gregor and be like, I understand talking to me is a little uncomfortable, especially with 
some of the things that we saw that the Australians are doing. Do you know anything about that giant red one? Have you seen him yourself? Uh, sorry, mate. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, there seemed to be some general distrust for the Leonin, my kind, and I personally saw one that seemed to be doing pretty bad things out there. I just didn't know if you knew anything. I haven't heard anything about it. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry for interrupting your night, and uh, we hope that things get a little bit easier. And take, I'm gonna take about fifty gold and put it on the table. He just kind of like looks down at it, and he's, uh, uh thank, thank you. I just kind of look up at him and smile, and I say, "I told you, I've been here, and I know what it's like." Just promise to use it to help others too. I, I will. I've been looking out for some of the other refugees down here, but I'll do much better now. Thank you. I'm just gonna stack another. I'm just gonna take another fifty out, so it's a hundred total. Just take care of them. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Good luck with um, your your investigation. I hope you find the uh, people who've gone missing. I hope so too. Now I'm gonna walk out, tall and proud. <clears throat> All right. Azreel and uh, Demetari and also Briar. What are you guys doing? Go talk to Deerwin. All right. Can I take a detour and make a trip up to the morgue by myself? Okay. If it's inconveniencing you splitting the party so much, I can always like to do it another time. Uh, I mean, you, you can go to the morgue. Um, it is up on the fourth level. Alright. Alright. Uh, Azriel and Briar. You kind of head following uh, Agnes's instructions. You arrive at Deerwin's house. And knocking on the door. and Another older dwarven woman opens. Um, hello. My name, uh, can I help you with anything? Deer, Deerwood. Deer, I, I live five houses down. Um, so I was talking to Agnes, and she said that you had overheard something that I wanted to talk to you about, about refugees going missing. Um, all right. I do recognize you. I think I've seen you around a little bit. Uh, yeah, I've been here about a year. You know, I, I, I leave sometimes, but I like it here. It's nice. What can I do for you? So Agnes told me that you overheard a conversation about refugees going missing. Aye, there were some of the guards that were supposed to check in on uh, a family of refugees. The, they were guards. I was up at the market. They were from the fourth level. And uh, they apparently were looking for some refugees that they didn't didn't find. And did they? Did what level were these refugees on that they were missing? And they were down one. They were on the seventh level. The seventh level. Have any refugees from the sixth level gone missing? 
but not that I've heard. This is just the only thing I've learned about this, I suppose. And and those were the guards up on the fourth level for the market, so... Well, they were in the market. I don't know if they were the market guards. What would they look like? Um, dwarven, small, stout, bearded. You know, a guard. Yeah, so they're wearing the guard uniforms. Is that helpful? Yes! <laughs> like, clearly not. <laughs> Good, good. Glad to see I could be of help. Um, I'll I'll leave. <laughs> All right. Um, it's getting pretty late, but Demetari, you arrive at the morgue. Um, on the fourth level, that contains as well the Metamorphium, the market, uh, a few other buildings. This is kind of you know back up towards uh, civilization, as it were. Uh, the morgue. It's a it's a small kind of gated little building in front of it. You can see that it has a courtyard that's like tucked away behind this little stone wall and a, and a wrought iron gate. Um, am I able to like open the gate and go into the building? As you approach, a guard kind of on the other side strides over. What can I do for you? Oh, hi. Um, my name is Dimitari. Um, I'm new to the area, and, um, well, uh, I guess, I, I mean, I'm a mortician. I was wondering if I could talk to the person working here at the morgue. Maybe they might need extra help. Um, you know, just trying to see if there's any services I can provide while I'm here. All right. Um, sure. I guess I could ask. And the guard kind of shuffles off towards a little guardhouse, disappears for a moment. Shuffles back out, leaning his spear on his shoulder. There's another dwarf who comes along behind him who's wearing, like, a lab coat, pretty much, and, like, big rubber gloves and, and some other stuff. Hey, what can I do for you? Uh, hey, um, so are you, I mean, uh, what do you do? Is are you, I mean, seems like you... I'm a mortician. And he kind of wipes the gloves off on his, his uh, lab coat, and you can see there's, like, blood on it. Oh, okay. Well, um, that's... So, honestly, I came because um, I come from a different town, a little far away, and I figured we could kind of <laughs> pick each other's brains and see if there's, like, any sort of thing that we could teach each other. And, I mean, I know that our company tends to be dead, but... uh you know, we can fill each other's awkwardness out and get, you know, maybe have some nice conversation. Make a persuasion check with advantage. Puns for... Puns gave her advantage, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> Pick each other's brains. Ah, that's a good one. Let her in. And the guard... Right. <laughs> and it unlocks the gate and pulls it open and gestures for you inside and the little dwarf's like ah come on with me uh my name's uh Rantharm, one of the uh mortician oh one of them how many are there that work here uh 20 i think you know there's it's a large city you know you gotta have a few morticians 
how many bodies do you get in a day? 20 morticians? And I'm just, like, appalled. Like, I mean, very excited, but, like, shocked. I don't know how to explain that. Well, it's a city of, like, 30,000 people. You get, you know, a handful a day, so we, we pick it to, to, you know, do our business. We do other things, too, technically, besides just, you know, the mortician's duties. Oh, fascinating. Um, and, like, are we still walking towards the building at this point? He kind of pushes open the door and allows you inside. It's, you know, these little clean stone hallways. Uh, guides you into the back, and you can see there's all these little operating tables. Aye, these are the latest ones. Uh, we've got a few. we got some dwarves, a couple of refugees, a few other folk. Uh, what most interests you? Well, honestly, obviously, just like the rest of us, I am really interested in um, curious means of death, right? You know, we all have that list where we're trying to, like, make up all of the possible ways to die, you know, a thousand ways. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. So I, I, has there been anybody coming in where you're just like, dang, how did this happen? I do. And, I got a weird one for you, if you want a weird one. Uh, watch yeah. this, watch this. Come over here. And he kind of shuffles over to another table, and he, like, kind of pulls the sheet back a little bit. And you can see there's a tiefling underneath it. And they look very pale. Like, they had before bright red skin, and now it's this, like, kind of lightish pink, almost. This one, a, a very strange one. Um, they were uh, exsanguinated. Totally, totally exsanguinated uh, when the uh, guards found them on the lowest level. Brought him up here. We're taking care of him. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, just come, like, absolutely no blood anywhere? Not a drop? Not a drop. Very odd. Never seen anything like it before in my life. You can see there's a couple other dwarves that kind of shuffle in and they wave at you and then they go about their business on one of the other little operating tables. Um, well, I mean, does it look like there's any sort of wound on him to have caused this issue? Oh, I mean, yeah, his, his throat was slit, you know, all the way across. <clears throat> Dead. Got him. Oh, yes, I see that now. Yeah. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> yep, 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 dead. Throat slit, blood drained, that sort of thing. Wild. Well, Never seen anything like it before. Totally weird. Well, yeah, weird here. Interesting. Well, uh, where was he found? I mean, Lowest I know lower level, level but, level, I mean, yep. do you know at what part of the lowest level? Oh, you'd have to talk to the guards about that. Uh, but apparently it was one of the groups that went down there. They were doing some looking and seeing and investigating or whatever. And they uh, ran across this fella. Um, he was tucked away behind some rocks down there. It was near the outskirts. Did just, um, do you happen to know his name? I mean, surely when he came in, someone knows who he is. Nope, definitely a refugee. Never seen this fella before in my life. What are the odds of you getting refugees versus citizens here? Pretty good. There's lots of them, and, you know, they're frail, uh, you know, very killable people, for sure. Not used to the surroundings. Oh, so. We had, like, ten of them fall off uh, the one of the upper levels uh, a couple weeks ago. They were just, like, they were just wandering, and then they would just go, oh, plummet. Oh, like, literally fall off an upper level. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time yeah. with the refugees. Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, have you heard about this whole missing refugee thing? 
I don't know what you're talking about at all. Oh, uh, well, I, I just heard from some guy at the bar that, like, some of them are just gone from their houses. You think they just walked off a cliff? What? I mean, the well, this is obviously through the grapevine, so I don't really know. I'm a newbie. But um, they say that the guards took them. Do you think that's believable? Nah, not at all. What level are they going missing from? Well, I mean, various levels, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I mean, any of the homes that they've been putting these refugees in, like, the, I mean, it's just been said that the guards have been taking them in the night and then they don't come back. So, nah. I mean, either they're letting them see the sites and, and then they move them somewhere else and let them stay with them. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I was just curious, like, are there certain times when you get a crap ton of these refugees and... And, you know, sometimes it's not so much. Like, do they all die in the same way, one grouping, besides falling off a cliff? No, not really. I would be willing to bet that, you know, the ones that go missing from the upper levels, they just fell off. It happens all the time. You know, newcomers not used to the uh, the edges, and they just take a little tumble. And then the ones on the lowest levels, I don't know, probably got lost and uh, eaten by underdark things. You know, it happens. It's yeah, a dangerous yeah, place down there. Yeah, well, this is fascinating. Um, so, like, I'm doing small talk. I'm going to share, like, oh, by the way, um, I'm not a dwarf, so I, I probably wouldn't feel so good eating these. But here's a couple cookies. Uh, it seems like you had a pretty Ooh. long day. These are delicious-looking cookies. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I wait until you have a chance to take your gloves off. Um, <laughs> no, I can eat them now. I don't care. You know, like, wait, 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 wait. Like, I'm super, like, I'm just so grossed out by this. Like, Dimitri is a very clean person. So she just, like, quickly breasted digitates his gloves as she sees going for it. There, there. You know what? There. Now it'll have the true flavor of the cookie. <laughs> he, like, takes one of the cookies in his hand. She's like, oh, my gloves look clean. Yeah, whatever. And he eats the cookie. And then he kind of, like, brushes the crumbs off on his lab coat. But then just gets the, like, blood back on the lab onto his gloves. Excellent cookie. Very delicious. Where'd you get this from? Oh, um, you know, very sweet lady, um, in one of the houses, uh, she's got a lot of cats, they're really cute. You don't get animals here, right? Nah, we just chuck those things. Okay, um, uh, this is a weird one, but please tell me you didn't chunk a tabby, an orange one, recently. Nah, I mean, I, I don't chuck them, you know, like the guards find them and they just go over the edge, down into the abyss. They sound lovely. Um, okay. Um, so what got you into this field? Uh, one time when I was a wee lad, I saw a dead body and I didn't throw up. So now I work here. Yeah. Can you believe that some people choose to, like, raise the dead again? Horrifying. You know, the anyone who would want to do such a thing would be, you know, real low in my book. That's all I could say. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I hear that there's this whole, like, group, like, this cult of, uh, people who practice this. Have you heard of that? Oh, I've heard, um, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, Karanath or whatever. There's that whole city. Oh, those people practice some unnatural magic, let me tell you. Anyone from there, I'm not a fan of. You know, let the no, dead I stay dead, that's what I always say. Oh, yeah, I, I get it. Like, the, that whole vibe there is just off. I, like... Oh, yeah. Honestly, do you, so, I mean, obviously I'm curious because I want to wrap my mind around the audacity of these people, um, but do you know anything about that 
particular, I mean, have you learned, I mean, you work with a lot of morticians, 20, like, do you know about any of the, the leaders there and what they do? Mm, no, I'm not sure what you're talking about. You mean, like, do we raise the dead down here? Because absolutely not. I did hear no. once, there was about uh, 10 years ago, there was a, a dwarven fellow who got caught. Um, he had uh, raised his grandma back from the dead. You know, I didn't want to see her go or whatever it was. And they uh, clapped him in irons. He went away forever. But the dead say dead, as I always say. You know, I say it multiple times. Well, that dwarf definitely didn't understand uh, that the soul leaves the body once that's got done and it oh, did. Yeah. Pretty sure she got loose, tried to eat somebody. Mm. Mm. It happens. Grandmas um, do that sort of thing all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would imagine. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I was just curious because, like I said, it's it's barbaric and... Um, you know, I, I was just kind of trying to learn about that whole order just so I could steer clear, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I guess it, it was nice meeting you and like, I'm going to, uh, but before I go, like, let's compare some tools, let's see some, some tips or whatever. And then it's just going to spend some time, um, the rest of the evening, I guess, before closing, just like trading tips and stories and stuff. And then I'm going to head back. All right, he's, he's got a lot of them for you, you know, and he's very excited to talk with someone who doesn't already work with him about things that they've seen and show you his tools. They're pretty pretty close to yours, so it's not that uh, not that unusual, but it's just fun to talk to somebody who, you know, has a little bit of a different experience. And I guess I'll sharpen mine while I'm there, like whatever needs to be sharpened. And yeah. um, I would like to note any, like, like a super common... Thing that they come in for um just like for example the falling off the cliffs um just so i could put it in as an option of where these refugees are going I don't, um, i'm sorry that's not good english you're like trying to figure out what they do with the refugee bodies no i'm trying so you know he said for example like 10 of them died with this in this one way i want to hear like i want to basically remember the stories where he's like oh my gosh all these refugees over a course of you know the past month there's this one particular way of death that they have dealt with and like it doesn't seem quite natural or maybe it does and it's oh. just like a weird thing the one so he describes to you probably a fair few you know they're it's been you know a couple weeks two three or four weeks since this like refugees started showing up and um, most of them die of, you know, I'll say natural causes in quotes. Like they fall off one of the upper levels and die from falling 100 feet or whatever. Uh, and, you know, some of them get like stabbed in a back alley and robbed. Some of them like uh, accidentally get crushed by a, a rock that was dropped by an upper level or something like that. Um, pretty much all of them have you know, overall, in quotes, natural causes. Uh, but the one that was exsanguinated definitely is unusual uh, by all standards. Okay, but no um, families had come in at once Correct. dead. Right. No, it's, always, it's, it's been pretty much just individuals here or there. Um, before I leave, I do want to like further inspect the body, I guess, and see if I can't find any information on how this happened. Can I get um, an Arcana check? Sure. 
Okay. You note that, like, on the body, um, it, it appears to have been removed, but there was some kind of, like, paint that was placed, like, around the wound and on the chest uh, in, in this, you know, like, straight line grid pattern almost. It's missing from a few places, so it doesn't give you the full picture, um, but you can tell that there was something very deliberate done to this body, and then it was re probably removed after they died. Um, I'm going to try to sketch the best of my abilities, whatever that rune is. All right. And uh, after that, you're probably just going to leave? Yes. Okay. Azriel, what are you doing? So, what time is it at night? It's probably pretty late. Not like, you know, just around dusk would be equivalent to it. The dwarves operate on a much stricter schedule. Um, the lamp lighters like turn the lights on, you know, brighten and dim them at very specific hours to simulate daytime down here. Um, so you're right around when the dwarves are going to start dimming the lights. Okay, and I'm not feeling anything for my symbiotic being right now, right? Your symbiotic being has a very kind of you know, they want you to understand that they are disappointed. You know, they're not mad, they're disappointed type deal. Okay. Yeah, I feel like she would kind of continue going around the neighborhood just talking to people. Like, maybe um, she might, you know, go to some of the other, you know, eateries. I know the main bar place, but there's probably other places they have food. Um, maybe go, you know, and talk to some of the refugees she finds. Just kind of, just ask how life has been in the last couple of weeks. If they've okay. seen people disappear, that kind of thing. Do you give me a persuasion check? Right, I'm going to guide myself on. All right. You're able to talk to people, and overall, they kind of um, they they chat with you, uh, but nobody really gives you anything new to go off of. Um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, they're not nothing new that is is super helpful that you find down here. Most of your neighbors and, you know, the occasional uh, refugees that has been put up, they've, they've heard pretty much all the same they, same stuff. Uh, anybody who's heard anything is just that people are going missing on the lowest level. Uh, the refugees have heard that the guards are doing it, so they're very mistrusting of anyone who works for the guards. I guess um, 
Yeah, if that's unsuccessful, she'd probably just go home. Because she also wants to find somebody who speaks Infernal. But that's probably not going to be down here. And probably wants to go and talk to the guards. But it's getting late, so she'll probably just go home. Okay. Is, it, that's, is that probably what all the rest of you guys are doing? As it wraps around towards dusk, are you guys all going to head and find somewhere to rest? Yeah, I think that's probably the best yeah. plan for us. Yeah, that's. I want to try the the um, idea I had about uh, getting a guard to place a couple of us as as refugees uh, and see if we can't bait this event. Yeah, but we'd probably have to go and talk to them during the day. I mean, I guess you could try going yeah. and showing up on the fourth level and asking to get placed. So is it is it just the refugees showing up at the fourth level to get placed down at the seventh level that are disappearing, or would a refugee, like say on the sixth level, ask to be relocated, and the guard says, "Okay, come on down to the seventh level." Uh, you could certainly try whatever you would like to do. All right. So here's here's my idea, Onyx. Um, you're uh, probably not their uh, their target, but uh, maybe Snow and I could pretend to be refugees. You hang back, keep an eye on us uh, around the corner. Say, we find a guard. Uh, say we got kicked out of of our house because we got placed in a house that somebody actually lived in and came back from her travels and so we need a new place and ask them to locate us we get located and then uh, do a stake out there yeah i'm good with that i can tell yeah. you guys sounds like a good plan to me all right let's uh do that and then uh, once we get placed uh, somebody go up collect the others and we'll we'll do a, a stakeout see if we can't get uh, some guards to come and disappear us all right so Javid you're approaching one of the like guard outposts here on the sixth level well, we yeah, we'll, we'll wander around a little bit, bit, look for a guard patrol or or uh, uh, station or something, and say, "Hey, are you like just I said? Are you on the sixth level or the seventh level?" Yeah, uh, sixth. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll go up, look for uh, some guards. Like I said, say we got kicked out of our the house we got placed in earlier and need a new. new uh spot uh uh go and give me a deception check let's see uh i'll give you advantage e... all right as you approach it's you kind of walk up to the guard outpost. The lights around you seemingly dim. 
just as you do it, kind of knocking on the door, one of the guards kind of opens it up. He's wearing the, the typical kind of dwarven scale mail. What do you want? Oh, I need a place to stay. Uh, we got placed earlier uh, by one of one of your number, and it turns out that it wasn't an empty house. It belonged to somebody. Okay. So we need a new place to stay. All right. So if that happens to you, I need you to uh, figure it out. Good luck. And he just shuts the door. Okay. Well, that was a shot. Grumbling on the other side in, in uh, Dwarven. Let me make sure you can understand. You hear some Dwarven grumbling through the door, but that is it. Snow understands mm -hmm. Dwarven. Is Snow with him? Uh, yeah, know. dude. Yeah, Snow's with me. You hear kind of grumbling. Stupid refugees. I don't have time for those guys. You know, they come down here. They want a place to live. They want free stuff. What are they going to start giving back to the rest of us, you know? Those guys haven't contributed at all. Well, damn. So, uh... I'm gonna relay, uh, relay the, what they said to Javid. Alright. Well, um... Why don't we, uh, just get together with the rest um, and uh, see if we want to try to um, set up our own um, watch or uh, give that a, a pass. All right. So um, Azriel uh, Dimitari you guys are going back to probably the hovel to sleep. Um, well, Azrael has night terrors. Can I ask to stay with the crazy cat lady? <laughs> um, you could definitely talk to her and, and find out. I'll help feed her cats. All right. So you're gonna knock on Agnes's door. Yeah. Um, Miss Agnes. Well, your neighbors. You hear Azrael screaming bloody murder. Um. No, the the stone walls are excellent here. You can't hear anything through them. She's an amazing oh. neighbor. Oh my gosh, that's a relief. Um. Well, when you're on the other side of the stone wall, um. Well, you said you've seen a lot with cats. Have you heard one of them in a fight before? I mean, surely. Oh, yes. They, yeah, yeah. they can be quite noisy. Multiply that by, like, ten. Oh. Um, so that's, that's her. Do you mind if I, like, crash at your place? I'll help, I'll help clean. Um, you know, or, like, you know, we can get these, the whole, like, I'm just going to spin over the dusty, like, room. This lovely house, I mean, I, I understand that you might not have all the time in the world, but me and you, girl, I can get this place spotless. And then uh, I just stay here? Is that okay? Go ahead and make a persuasion check. 
Um, so Javid, you do know where Azriel's hovel is. You know, you've probably okay. checked in on her there. Uh, Agnes is. Um, I'll be okay. I think you know. I only have the one bedroom. I'm afraid. Um, but uh, do tell Azriel I said have a good evening. Sleep well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks anyway. I'm just gonna like mopefully <laughs> walk back to Azriel's place. All right. She just, you know, shuts the door and wanders off. Gonna look at the door shutting behind me. Help. <laughs> the rest of you guys, are you headed back to Azriel's hovel? It is Hold on the same level. Yeah, yeah. So they said that there were hundreds of empty houses here, right? Yes, there's so many. I'm gonna look for an empty house. Okay. Like, Go ahead and give me just a survival a check. Like, within a couple of doors at Azriel's house, see if there's an empty one. Okay. Give me a survival check. You find one. There's one, like, three doors down. It's just just a plain, you know, dusty, cobwebbed little house that's totally is it, is empty. Is it locked? Uh, not really. They don't really do that down here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna... I'm gonna let, like, walk in a, like follow Javid back to Azriel's and say, hey, there's probably a house a couple of doors down. That's where I'm going to be at. Like, oh. this place is not big enough for all of us. Do you think that I could I could stay with you? Yeah, but in the morning, you're making waffles. Damn it, I was going to say that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh... There's probably a couple of other empty ones that way we're not all cramped up. Like, we're all within a couple of doors of Azrael's place. We can all just kind of claim our own house. And then, Javid, we can, in the morning, I would rather wait till the morning to talk to everybody about our plan. All right. Let's just get some shut-eye. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's 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 been a uh, pretty brutal day for some of us with the poisonings and all. Yeah, so is the the house that I picked, is it like a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom? Probably just one. one. A one-bedroom? Okay, I'll give Dimitari the bedroom, and then I'll just kind of, like, make up something in the living room. Um, I'm good. I don't mind. I, like, do my little bedroll. It's fine. You pick the house first. Have the bed, basically, is what I'm saying. I'm going to look at the bed as it's, like, crumpling and decrepit from sitting for so long and just roll out my bedroll. <laughs> All right. right. Well, I, I think uh, decrepit, crumbling hovels is... is um, I'm going to sleep better back at, at the uh, Fortune Hunters hostel. All right. Everyone's kind of heading off to take their long rest. Yeah. Does David have a problem with the sixth level? Like, is it just not good enough for him? Like, is he too good for it? Maybe. The, um... Javid's more of a, a nature guy, you know? And, and uh... The, the air is fresher on the, the upper levels. That's some Arcana stuff right there. <laughs> is there like a fireplace in the main room? Not really. That's not really a thing down here. The whole city um, is kind of like a comfortable 
warm temperature. Um, there are pipes of warm water that get like piped through all of the walls all the way up to the upper level. So it's actually probably warmest down here. As you go down, it gets warmer. The upper levels are kind of like cool enough to need a jacket type temperature. Uh, but as you go deeper, it is it is plenty warm for like t-shirt weather type deal. What is what is like cooking in light for the houses like is it like the natural gas burners like i can just like yeah, yeah it's spark like... something on the burners and get the lights on pretty much <laughs> uh yeah but fireplaces aren't really a thing down here there's little like natural gas uh burners and, and stuff like that that gets operated by the uh, light guild um uh, correction that's not their name they are the lamp lighters um they operate those sorts of things, but, uh, but yes, there's no fireplaces. As we're kind of like settling down, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to Demetari and be like, I wonder if we can hire someone to decorate this place. How long do you plan on staying here? I don't know, but if someone else gets it, wouldn't it be nice if they just walked into like an amazing place? Were you poisoned today? No, I just got beat up. Um, you know what? Yes, that is a great idea. Why don't you start thinking about ways we can decorate while we're falling asleep? And then we can brainstorm in the morning on how to make that happen. I'm just gonna fall asleep doing really shitty interior design in my head. Okay. Thinking about where you can move the stone chairs and the other things around the room. Ezreal, as you head into what passes for to a creature such as yourself. I mean, I sleep, technically. Technically. Uh... I always actually kind of think about it as like when she falls unconscious, she's technically just like dead. Like she goes to the other side and then just comes back, you know. She. You fall asleep and find yourself standing back in the arena. In front of you, the only other individual within view is the Goliath Battlemaster. You finish her, punching her straight in the chest. And you kind of feel yourself being like driven in towards her. You'd like her life essence is so desirable to you. And as you kind of try to fight against it, you suddenly see this like kind of like clawed hand wrap itself around your shoulder. It's these like long scaly fingers around the hand and the forearm there's this like golden gauntlet the the arm kind of like shoves you closer to it you see these black scaly wings unfurl behind you as it like pushes you in your teeth sinking into the throat of the goliath you drain the energy from her the like darkness envelops you and all you can feel 
is this like pressure from whatever creature it was that was forcing you in towards your prey. And that is where we're going to leave off. So we will pick up next week after the long rest. So next week is Easter. That is true. Um, and I know I will not be able to attend because I will be attending an Easter dinner. We got Easter beer all day, so I don't know if I'll be coherent enough to play. <laughs> I don't know if is we want to. Easter beer? What? Yeah, so uh, we used to play on a really big property, so we used to wrap beer, airplane bottles, what have you, in like tinfoil. And then hide them around the property. Uh, and then you couldn't. <laughs> you had to drink whatever you picked up. And you couldn't drink anything else till you finished it. So we're going to do it here. But since uh, you know I only have a third of an acre. We're going to do eggs. Like little plastic eggs with different uh, drinks in them. And then have like a big cooler. So. Adapt to overcome. Oh. All right. Well, I hope you guys had fun. We played a pretty long session today, so I will see you guys the next time we're going to play. I guess in two weeks. Yep, so that's yeah. Woo. the 24th, right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. All right. Fair that was fun. Yeah, that was Bye, guys. Fun.